starts the Southern Maryland Guitar Guru Show, featuring Dan Harsha and Dan Allman. This week's show, we're highlighting the latest in music, life, and we culture. different eyes. Yo, 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 this is Dan Harsha, and this is the Guitar Gurus. And with me always is... Dan Alban here. How you doing tonight, bud? Man, we're happy to be here. We love doing this. We're excited once again. Oh, yeah, man. We're back in the saddle for another great week of programming. I think everybody's going to sit back and relax and enjoy this episode. Um, It's going to be a kind of a long one. So we want everybody to get some beers and get ready to pop them as we go. That's right. Because uh, it's kind of a special week this week. Yeah. Um. Jesse Zaretti, my buddy from a couple weeks back, couldn't make our show. That's right. So we rescheduled him to come on tonight. So it's going to run a little long. But that's cool. That's what everybody wants is more content. That's right. We want to have him on. So if we can get him on now, we're going to get him on. Yeah, we're going to close out the show with him, but a little bit on that in a minute. But it's cool. So last week's show, let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic show, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I mean, Higgy came on, gave us the sampler for the week, the weekend and all the shows. Sean, with his crazy world, was just out of his world with it. It was awesome, talking yep. all that vibrations and and whatnot. And, Good and, stuff. And, yeah, it was cool. Then our buddy, Teddy Custer, came on, and what a great guy, man. Yeah, fantastic guy, man. I mean, just down-to-earth you know, personable, understands everything, understands people. He's got mad poetry skills. Yeah. Mad drum skills. That's right. I mean, he's just getting it in down here, man. So he's a force to be reckoned with. So yeah. my hat's off to him for that great interview, man. Yep. People really dug it, man. I yeah. did, too. I yeah. listened to it a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. Real good stuff. And then we had Scott Schuler on from the 81 run. Yeah. What a cool dude, man. Very cool, man. Yeah, I wrote something down about it. So it's like, what I took away from that was, is uh, he is hitting the road, ready to rock out to original music. Mm-hmm. And if I was 15 years younger, I would join him in this journey. Yeah, right, right. Because he's got that energy where he just wants to hit it and he wants to play original music, and I can respect that so much. Yep. I love the drive and the ambition. So my hats off to him for that too. Grinding it out, man. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of a grinder right now. So yeah, it's cool. And that was last week's show, and I, I just can't thank all those people enough for coming on and spending time with us. Yeah, it, I mean, the pleasure was ours completely, and I hope everyone who listened in really enjoyed those interviews, because they were, they were great interviews, and for us, just sitting back listening to these guys talk, it just, it, we were just, you know, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, I'm just blown away by it. You know, I enjoyed this, these stories they had to tell and, you know, what they've got going on. But, uh, sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> when, I, when I'm usually moved, I don't have a lot of words. So they did a great job, and we want to thank them for their time. And thank you thank you all for listening last week. That was a, that was a very good episode as far as uh, viewership goes. So Yeah, that, that's duly noted, and I want to say one thing, too, about that Um all the people that are tuning in and listening to us, thank you. It's so awesome to see you guys actually taking out and taking time to do this with us. Yeah. 
and it, that means the world to me. I know it means the world to you. And for for both of us, we put a lot of you know we put a lot of time into this, and we're only doing this for the short the sheer pleasure of talking to these industry and musicians, and uh, you know putting something out there that everyone can listen to. Right, and then they can actually go see these guys play locally. Yeah. And to actually talk to them at the shows, get that human factor going. That's it. You know, right. they're, they're not, they're approachable. All these guys are. That's what's cool about our scene. No one, no one's got egos anymore where you can't talk to anybody because people, you would get outed real quick. Yeah, that's all out the window, man. <laughs> but, I mean, dude, it's just go talk to them. If you're a guitar player and you're listening to our show and you go see them at a show, be like, hey, man, when I'm dialing my rig at home, I'm trying to do this. Do you have any suggestions? I guarantee you they'll be more than happy to answer that question than some yeah. random um, dumb like, hey man, where do you buy your clothes at? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, try right. it out, man. Because these Seriously. guys like talking about music. When I'm talking to them, we're talking to them. Yeah. They're cool, man. So, and if they're not, call me up and let me know. <laughs> <laughs> it, we'll never get that phone call because all these guys are, are first class, top notch, just great people, man. They want to see the support at the shows. They want people to come up and say, man, I really love the way you play that. Or, yeah. you know, if you're just started playing and you're, you know, ask them a question. Like, you know, do you notice anything that I could do? And just like you said, it's they're not going to say, well, you, you figure it out, kid. Yeah, that, that happened to us when yeah. we were coming up. Yeah. We know how that is. Get out of here. <laughs> Figure it out. I'm like, right. no, nah, man, it's not like that. So, so yeah, talk to him, man. It's cool. So, let's talk about this week's show. Yes. What do you think about that? Oh, we're here. We're, we're I taping think a lot right? about yeah, it, right? right? <laughs> exactly, man. We're sitting here in the studio, man, and we're fired up. We're pumped up. We're excited. Uh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. What do we got? What do okay. we got? So, what do we got? Okay, so here we go, dude. <laughs> so to get this thing started off, we got David Higgins with the Southern Maryland Chronicle for Higgy on the Beat. I know him as Higgy. He's my buddy Higgy. That's right. That's his nickname. We all call him Higgy. Yeah, it's he's just got, easier. He's got no problem with that. No, he loves it. It's good. <laughs> and then, of course, we got Sean Kirkpatrick yeah. coming on for Sean in 60 Seconds. It's yeah. going to be most excellent this week. Trust me. I feel it, man. And that takes care of the standard guest. Yeah. Then we got the Island Music Guitar of the Week. Nice. And this week's guitar is freaking cool. <laughs> it is very it's cool. It's that Eddie Van Halen Sharp model. And that whole thing's got a story. And when we talk about that later, I'm sure everybody's going to hear that. Yep. Because it's cool. So my hat's off to Island Music for helping us out with that segment. Yep. Last week's show, we had that Breed Love, Discovery Acoustic, awesome guitar. Check them out. Go to the store and go say, I'm here to see the Guitar Guru's Guitar of the Week. Where's it at, guys? And they'll take you right to it. That's right. It's real cool. Real cool. All right. And then for our featured guest this week, first up on the Guru's Docket Uh is is local studio owner Ron Vento. Yes. Night Sky Studios. Going to be on the horn first up tonight. We're going to talk to him about recording in a studio, and I'm going to like get with him, and we're going to ask the uh, basic questions so when guys that haven't been to a studio yet know what to expect when they get there day one. Help him out, help you out. It's going to be real cool. I got an energy about it. 
And I Good. think that'd be cool. So, you know, so a lot of guys don't know what to expect when they go there. They just show gear. Right. This is kind of pull that curtain back and get that experience without having to go through it yourself. Okay. So I, th- I think that's going to be real cool. So stay tuned for that. And that's going to be real awesome. Then after run, we got Mike Kirkpatrick. Yeah. Sean's dad. Check that out. He's the live sound engineer at the Jetty Dock Bar. And has been doing sound pretty for a long, long time. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Right? So that's what's making this show really cool tonight. I right. told you it was going to be cool. Yeah, I see where we're going with this. <laughs> so he's second on the docket. And, and then third on the docket is our buddy Jesse. Yep. That's our reschedule from a couple weeks ago. So that's why it's going to be real a little longer than usual. But I'm down with it, man. Yeah, it's going to be great. So you're talking about we've got, we've got somebody who runs and owns a studio. Yep. We've got somebody who runs live sound. Yep. There's an, another aspect. Then you've got Jesse at the end who composes and yeah for marvel for yeah he's composed for marvel we'll we'll give you the whole backstory yeah but you're talking about all the different aspects between recording playing live and composing there's a lot of information in this episode tonight yeah it's episode 26 we should just call it sound (laughs) (laughs) 26 sounds we'll figure something something out out. i don't know (laughs) i haven't been drinking long enough you ever you ever heard this sound Oh, oh yeah! What a beautiful sound that is. That's popping ollies. That's professional quality sound, by the way. That thing sounded like commercial quality, dude. We should put in for it. Yeah, we got. We don't have a. We, we got a pretty sweet little studio ourselves here. Well, right. I don't, but you do. But but you're part of the show, man. You're my brother, man. You're my brother from another mother, so it don't matter. That's right. That's right. So it's all good there, but dude. Let's get the Ollie's Bar and Girl Soundstage phone system cranking, and we'll get Higgy on for Higgy on the Beat. Let's get this thing going, because we've been rambling. It. Well, yeah, we're excited. I know, man. It's awesome tonight. So, get, hey, give me some soothing tones while I get soothing it cranking. Soothing tones. We drowned our sorrows in dry champagne. Hang our Oh, here it's ringing. It's ringing. With fine it's cocaine. Ringing. It's ringing. Come. You reached Higgy. What's jamming? Hey, Higgy, it's Dan. You're on the air. I'm in the studio. I got Dan Albin with me. Dan Albin, say hi to Higgy. Good evening, Higgy. How are you, buddy? Not bad. How are you doing, Mr. Albin, Mr. Harsha? We are great, buddy. We are great. We are excited to talk to you and get all the haps going on. Yeah, man. Dude, it's Tuesday night, and you're on our list, man. It's awesome, man. So without further ado, man, tell us what's happening. Oh, good evening, Southern Maryland. I'm Dave Higgins for Higgy on the Beat, coming to you live from the Southern Maryland Chronicle Newsroom. Coming up this weekend, the weather looks to be gorgeous. It's going to be one of the best weekends we've had in a while. There is no rain in the forecast. Sunny, highs in the 80s. And although summer doesn't officially start for about a month, you'd think with this week's music lineup, it already has. So here's your 10-ounce 12-pack sampler of what's on tap this weekend in Southern Maryland. Friday, we've got Joe Norris in Mechanicsville at Helen's Cafe. Over at Toots in Hollywood, you've got Taboo starting a party. In Charles County at Port Tobacco Marina, you got Face Down. Out in California, Maryland at ABC Liquors and Lounge, you've got Only for Tonight. On Saturday, at the Indian Head Moose Lodge, you've got Three Days of Rain. At Phil's Place in Hughesville, you got Mike Mead. The Craze brings the party to Hollywood at Toots. Hydra FX Acoustic is at Buckets and Lusby. 
And if you haven't seen Hydra FX Acoustic, you need to get out. They're a huge party when you know they got the whole band there and the whole setup, but the acoustic is just as good. All right. Random Impact's going to be at the Tiki Bar in Seabreeze in Mechanicsville. On Sunday, at Ruddy Duck and Solomon's, you got Kayla and Johnny. At the Running Hair Vineyard in Prince Frederick, you got Billy Breslin. And at the Porter Leonardtown Winery, you got Jeff and Tam. That's our regular music for this weekend. Everybody's seen the Facebook posts. Everybody's seen the announcements. Tiki Bar Solomon's is opening this weekend. And they are packed with music. On Friday, you've got Tracy Allen starting at 11 a.m. At 3 p.m., you got the Chip Wood Band. And then at 7 p.m., Come Back Iris gets the party really jammed. On Saturday, 3 p.m., the 81 run starts the day. And then at 7 p.m., you've got Wes Rice and No Green Jelly Beans. On Sunday, you got Trilogy Band starting at 2 p.m. And that's your 10-ounce 12-pack sampler for this weekend. Be sure to check out the entire local music schedule when it's released on Thursday at 5 on the SouthernMarylandChronicle.com. Wow, Higgy, man. Nice. Dude, nice. Southern Maryland's happening this it's weekend. Happening it, it's happening hard, It's a busy man. weekend. There, it is a busy weekend. And, and if I could throw a side note in on you real quick, there's another good show this Friday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is? What's that? Yeah, David and the Dynamos at Ape Hangers Friday night. Yes, you will, guys. You guys will be there Friday night. Yes, I saved that for you, man, because I wanted you to announce it. I know. Thank you. <laughs> I, I love the quam- the camaraderie but, right now. Yeah, but that is a great lineup for the weekend, man. That is yeah. awesome. There's a lot of great stuff going on, man. And it's every every time he announces the 10, 10 ounce twelve pack sampler, you can't decide what where to be and how to be everywhere. There's just so much going on And you know It's like I said Over the past several weeks You're starting to get These tiki bars opening up You're getting these patios Opening up So you're getting A lot more music That's going to be playing Every weekend I wish a lot of these venues Would get some real deal Webcam action And start broadcasting This stuff on Facebook That'd be real That would be awesome That would be Oh yeah Dude I would I would have all these monitors Set up and watch all these bands It would be cool man I think I I remember years ago When I lived in Baltimore um, There was the The bar called Bar And they had like Bar Baltimore Bar Chicago Bar this Bar that Yeah And if you went to their website Every single one of their bars Had webcams That went throughout the place So you could see the music See the party Everything Wow And you could see Every one of their bars Just from their website At one time Damn. Yeah, but we need like a service to bring all of them from all the different bars in one channel. So that way yeah. the user just goes there and selects the show at that point. Yeah. That they, would be awesome. Yeah. That would be cool, man. Hey, man, I'm throwing let, it let, out there. There's some let me I, put that on my to-do list. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Get it done, man. Get it done. Dude, you're always on the beat. And speaking of being on the beat, man, what else is going on in the, the news world? All right. This week in Southern Maryland, we've got some sad news out of Hawaii. Um, This story relates to Southern Maryland because the person is from Mechanicsville. Um, Amanda Eller from Mechanicsville, 35. She graduated from Chop to Con around 2002-ish. Went to the Eastern Shore, got her PhD. She lives out in Hawaii. Um, She went out for a morning jog last week and never returned. Oh, wow. Um, Over the weekend, the Maui police stopped their search. Uh, but they said they were still following up on leads. However, there's still roughly 100 people that are out there in the woods searching for her. 
Um, I know that there are several people from St. Mary's County that have actually jumped on flights and gone out there to help search for her. Wow. Um, it's it's kind of a, a weird thing is when she goes out for her jog, her friends say that she normally leaves her keys behind, her phone behind, like it's her time to unplug from everything. Um, so it wouldn't it wasn't anything suspicious when they saw her phone and you know the phone was in the car and all that. They just have not been able to locate her yet. Wow. <clears throat> Does she live there full time or is she? Yes, yeah, she lives there full time now. Okay, I got you. So, oh, yeah, wow, man, that's terrible. Um, yeah, but she she grew up in grew up in Mechanicsville, graduate of Chopticon. Um, I do know from some of the Facebook posts from businesses around here, um, specifically uh, Salt Cycle Studios, that she does come back from time to time. They've got some pictures of her um, being in the studio over the past couple of years. So she still does come back. She still has family in the area. Gotcha, wow. Man. So we're, we're hoping that, you know, they're holding, uh, today's Tuesday, they're actually holding a vigil for her at the Leonardtown Square this evening. Gotcha. Man. Wow. Man. So, um, today, earlier Tuesday, the Charles County Board of Commission, County Commissioners adopted their new balanced general fund budget of $425 million for the fiscal year of 2020. Uh, it's an increase of 5.1% from uh, 2019. Uh, 48% of that budget goes is accounted for in the schools. They're going to be upgrading some schools, doing you know a, a lot of um, different things with the schools, including hiring some more teachers and educational assistants uh, with those schools. 22% is going to the sheriff's office. Uh, I believe they wanted to hire seven more officers within the Charles County Sheriff's Office. Um, and then, you know, some other things to keep the, the sheriff's office competitive. And then 15% of that is going into the general operating fund. And then for the rest of the county, it's kind of, you know, very incremental. But those are the three biggest things that account for this uh, $425 million budget. That's a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot of money. Right. <laughs> uh, this week. Governor Hogan signed some more bills that came through the General Assembly this year. Uh, a couple of bigger ones that were signed was the age to buy tobacco products, including vaping products, has now been raised to the age of 21 in Maryland. Okay. Um, they've done some tweaking to the health enroll, health insurance enrollment system to make it a lot easier for people to enroll. They say it's going to help. I uh, believe it was close to 75,000 people actually get health insurance now. Okay. <clears throat> gotcha. All right. Um, one of the big legislations that came out was the um, the Lauren Wallen Act. Lauren Wallen and her unburned son were murdered in 2017. Mm. Well, this bill that was signed now makes it a felony if the if the person who commits a crime of violence against a woman who is pregnant makes it a felony and also imposes. Uh, a sentence of up to 10 years on top of what they are going to get already for whatever charges dealt from the action. Oh, wow. So, like, if, if, you know, if it's an assault that with a weapon and they're getting 10 to 15 years for it, this would add another 10 years to that crime. Um, I guess you, you kind of relate it to something like a hate crime. So right. you, you, get the, uh, you get the regular charges for it and then a hate crime charge can be added onto it once you get more time so this is essentially doing the same thing um you get your normal charges for what you committed and now because the person was pregnant um you can have more time at it because of that yeah i get it 
So, um, last thing is St. Mary's County budget. You know, this is the time of year when all the counties are getting the budgets together. Right now, there seems to be a fight brewing above the count from the St. Mary's County County Commissioners about the budget, and it pretty much stems from the fact that three or four of the St. Mary's County Commissioners want to raise the income tax on St. Mary County St. Mary's County residents, while one of them has been very vocal that he does not want to have this does not want to happen. At the budget meeting today, this commissioner, Commissioner O'Connor, was not able to attend due to a death. He has tried to uh, get them to postpone that budget meeting until later Tuesday. The president, pre- uh, president of the county, the board of commissioners, Randy Guy, refused. So they held the but the final budget work session without him present, basically not giving a voice to the northern half of St. Mary's County. Um, I'm following up on this. I have meetings scheduled with all the county commissioners to discuss what's going on. The vote for the 2020 St. Mary's County budget is on uh, May 21st. Gotcha. Gotcha. Some drama and some local politics. You don't yep. tick off. Tick, you don't tick off Northern St. Mary's County now. Well, here, here's the weird thing about this. Also, is this board is all Republicans. Yeah, I'm not touching that. So it's to yeah. see this kind of drama unfolding is a little bit something we haven't seen with any of them so far. That's so, weird. you know, see where this kind of goes. Yes, still not touching that. Yeah, not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's talk about something else. <laughs> well, no, I, All right, if you're not going to be going out to any of the local music this weekend or you're looking for something to do during the day, got some events that you'll be interested in. Saturday at the Blue Crab Stadium, Regency Furniture Park. Uh, Pork in the Park will be there. Music, vendors, food trucks, cornhole, barbecue cook-off. At the St. Mary's Fairgrounds, you have the Southern Southern Maryland Animals Welfare League Pet Fair. In Leonardtown, you have the grand opening of the Bruder Garden Beer Garden. They'll have some vendors, some food, and lots of beer and some music. Oh, man. Um, Saturday in Solomon's, you have the Warrior 5K. In Hughesville, you have the Tri-County Memory Walk. And in the Charles County Fairgrounds, you're going to have the Charles County Relay for Life. On Sunday, at the Christ Episcopal Church in Chaptico, you're going to have the Strawberry Festival. And then down at Bud's Creek Motocross Park, you're going to have the Muddy Princess Run, which is an obstacle course for women only. And the money that's raised goes towards research for breast cancer. Oh, cool. Oh, my goodness. A lot, you- lot of stuff going on just besides our local music. There's events everywhere. You can also see the event schedule, a sampling of the event schedule, one Thursday when we post it up on the website. Wow. That's real cool. That's real right. cool. Yeah, we're, we're starting to do that now. I'm kind of modeling it after how I do the local music schedule. Um, you know, we do always have the community calendar on the website, but this one's going to be go a little bit more into depth to give you an idea of things that are happening around the area on the weekends. Cool. Real cool. Over in our sports world, Baltimore Orioles are sitting at 14 and 26, 10 and a half games behind, four and six in their last 10. They're going to start a four game series with the Cleveland Indians this weekend in Cleveland. Nationals sitting at 16 and 24, eight games behind, three and seven in their last 10. They're going to be playing a three game series against the Cubs this weekend at National Park. And you can actually check out the website, our website and get all the special events that are planned for each of these games. Just go right under the sports section. 
Our Southern Maryland Blue Crabs, sitting at 5-11, and 11, four games back, are actually on a one-game winning streak. <laughs> <laughs> the Crabs will be playing the Lancaster Barnstormers in a three-game series this weekend. Uh, the Bowie Bay Sox, 12-25, and 25, uh, 14 and a half game backs, are also on a one-game winning streak. Uh-oh. <laughs> and they will be playing the Erie Seawolves this weekend at PG County Stadium. And then our women's soccer team, the Washington Spirit, sit at 2-1-1, one, one, seven points, sitting in fifth place. And they're going to be playing the Chicago Red Stars in Chicago this weekend. And that's your Southern Maryland news for this week. Wow, man. Right. That was jam-packed this week, Higgy. Real good. Real good, buddy. It's always a busy week now. The sun's coming out. That's right, man. Oh, yeah. You got that right. <laughs> you got that right. Well, dude, I know you're a busy man. Thanks again for this information, and we'll check in back with you next week. What do you think? All right, guys. I will see you then. All right, buddy. We'll check you later, man. Bye. Bye. Wow, man. Higgy's just rolling with the punches this week, He is. He's a busy guy. He's got all the irons in the fire. He's always working. Yeah, dude. And if anybody want to get in touch with Higgy, you can send them information to tips at southernmarylandchronicle.com. That way you can jump on the hottest news story. You never know. You might break something cool. Um, If you want to check out his uh, Chronicle paper, it's facebook.com backslash SOMD Chronicle. Or you can go on the internet browser to www.southernmarylandchronicle.com and check them out that way. And we got our own little page there. So you can hit the entertainment tab, click down, hit right. the gurus, and check us out. I, I, I'm sitting here looking at you like, good job, man. And look at you. Yeah, I got to help out Higgy, man. No, just you presented perfectly on that one, man. I, I love that. Thanks, man. Yeah, good. I appreciate that. That was good. You're welcome, man. Hell yeah, man. We're doing our thing. That's right, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> doing it, man. That's cool, man. Well, Hickey delivered the info, man. And again, dude, the music scene, man, it's it's a competition, man. It's like flip a quarter, man, dude. because you, I got friends everywhere playing. I can't go anywhere. I'm telling you right now, it's, it's unreal. And the reason why I always say it's hard to decide what to go, what to go to and where to be. Because that's the truth. And if you're going to, right now, in this community, in Southern Maryland, and play out, you have to bring that A game. And they all do. And that's why it's so hard to choose. Right. The week will be weeded out. Because all the events that he named and all the bands that are playing, high energy, good shows, it's hard to decide. You cannot just half-ass that. Nope. Everyone is just bringing their A game. You're right. It's dude. amazing, man. No matter where you stumble into that he that David told us about, you will not be disappointed. You'll be entertained. You'll have a good time. You're right about that. So you can't make a wrong decision. Nope. The hard part is just making a decision. That's the hard part. <laughs> so, and I can't show bias, so it's like man, we can't. I, we can't show bias. So it's like I flip a quarter, man. I don't. It's cool. I just love talking to you guys. And the, if, the if we're best gonna get part out is, there, you'll yeah. see us. You'll see us. You know, I'll slide in and out. I just don't make a big deal about right, it. Right, right. And if 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 there's a band you want to see, and you can't go to that because you went to a different show, don't worry. You will catch them again. Right. Sooner than later, because all these guys and gals, they're working hard, so they're always accessible. They're playing a lot. That's right. So it's great. 
Williams. Cool. Well, dude, let's get Sean on for Sean in 60 seconds. Get the Alice Barn Grill cranking yeah. again. And, uh, Hopefully we don't get pranked this week. <laughs> that would be too funny, dude. That, that would be too funny. Yeah, well, hell no. Give me some soothing tones, and I'll get the Ollie's Bar and Grill soundstage phone system cranking. The we'll get soothing Sean. tones are coming down for Sean in 60 seconds. He could answer it's his ringing. phone any minute now. I hope it only takes two seconds. Come on. Good morning. <laughs> hey, Sean, you're on the air, buddy. I'm in the studio. I got the mic lit. <laughs> And I got Dan Alp in here. Dan Alp and say hi to Sean. Buenos dias, Sean. Come esta? Oh, man. I almost went with the Chinese accent, too. That would have been perfect. Perfect. I was going to be like, oh, hello, <laughs> Daniel son. I have been expecting your car, dude. Oh, well, you know, you got to be careful with that kind of stuff these days, man. <laughs> yeah, if they're sensitive, no, they can just go away. That's great, man. How are you? I'm great. How are you? We are, Dude, we're always good, man. Yeah. We got a crank, yeah. dude. We got a show cranking tonight, man. Yeah, man. I'm excited to hear this one. I bet, dude. We got, your, we got your old man coming up later on, man. Yeah. Speaking of him, uh, write this down because you got to ask. There's a couple things you got to ask him about. All right, Ooh. I'm listening. So talk. You got. You, all right. So ask him about the mopeds in Key West. Okay. All right. Getting lost in the West Virginia mountains. Oh boy. <laughs> and uh, Mo and the confetti gun. Oh man, are you setting us I'm, up? I'm really writing this down, dude. <laughs> I'm writing it down right now. Dude, these are these are hilarious stories. <laughs> All right, don't set us up now. No, no, no. I'm, I'm being dead serious. Hopefully, he remembers them. <laughs> hey, did you like my write up for his post today? Yeah, that was really good. I was <laughs> surprised he didn't send you one for himself. Right, that's what I'm saying. It, it was cool. I just, I said, uh, let me just do this. I was like, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna give him the old live sound, open arms welcome. You know, don't want to piss him off. <laughs> right. Yeah, keep it short and sweet. Right. Exactly. It was, it was perfect. That was cool. Yeah, man. So, dude, looking forward to that. But, dude, what happened last weekend with you and the band? What's going on in your world? Everybody's dying to know. Man, so so we only had one show last weekend, which was at Sidelines, because like I said, Chris's birthday was on Saturday. Right. We celebrated that at Mully's, and that was a great time. We had a bunch of beer, and it was awesome. But uh, the show on Friday at Sidelines was rather interesting, because right off the bat, there was this guy, this drunk guy, just playing. He was playing pool at first. Once we started playing our set, he looked like the epitome of the town drunk NPC in any RPG game you've ever played. Like, right. <laughs> he was he was just entranced by the bard in the bar. Okay, okay. <laughs> and, and basically just like googly eyes for Hannah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. But wow. uh, it was, he was an older guy with handlebar mustache, like bald spot on the top with all white hair, ponytailed like halfway down his back. Like missing like most of his teeth. It was. It, I mean, he was a he was a character to say the least. <laughs> right, dude. That's but, nuts, uh, man. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Yeah, no um, worries. We're just taping on a multi-million dollar show. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, joking. Come on, man. <laughs> so he's like continuously getting drunker and drunker throughout the night, and you can tell eventually something something's gonna happen, right? Right, right. So. 
I, at one point, I actually got front row seats to see this because uh, it was one of the songs where I play in bass. So I was like standing right there watching him. Okay. And he gets closer and closer to the stage and he's wobbling and, and stumbling back and forth. And all of a sudden, he falls over towards one of the, one of the subs. And on his way down, he grabs Hannah's leg and almost pulls her off this four-foot stage uh -oh. in the middle of... It was either Zombie or Shallow, but, like, it was one of those two songs because it was the only two songs I know how to play on bass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, she manages to, like... Like, he didn't actually manage... He didn't... He let go, basically. He just fell. Like, she, like, kicked him. Or not, not, like, kicked him, but, like, kicked her leg, and he let go, right. twisted, whatever. She was fine. Played it off like a champion, right? Right. Um... The guy's laying on the ground, like holding his head, and uh, he he was still moving around and like conscious and stuff like that. But I jumped off the stage and like just to see if I could help him up or anything. Like I don't know, I was just making sure he was still alive, basically. Right. And uh, <laughs> he seemed to be okay. The security started coming over, so I jumped back up on stage, finished the song, and they proceed to kick him out. All right. Well, after the uh, first set was over, I find I like I bump into him. And outside the outside the bar, apparently he's waiting for an Uber or a Lyft or something to come pick him up. But apparently they called like two or three of them, and all of them just decided not to show up for this one <laughs> one stop. Oh, I don't know if they if they had any idea, but that I guess they just assumed that anybody getting picked up from sidelines is probably getting picked up because they were drunk and just decided that they weren't going to pick him up. So didn't want to deal with it. They don't want the puke in the car. Right. Well, I mean, the guy was holding it together as far as puking. He didn't puke or nothing. Like, he was standing outside the whole time, and I, I didn't see any puke anywhere. So, he was just off his rocker, man. Like, I don't know. Like, he's probably one of those guys who got, like, wet brain, just, like, almost always looks drunk. But then when he's drunk, he looks way drunker. Right. Yeah, does he, he, did he turn real red? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was all he was all red in the face. But I mean, you know, cross eyed slurring like by the by the by the time I got out there the second time after the second set, he was still there. And he was still slurring his words. And like I asked him what his name was. And he, all he said was, I, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, all right, well, it's nice to meet you. I don't know. I'm Sean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he had a massive just gat, like just lump on his forehead because apparently he hit his head on the sub. Oh, wow. And, you know, there was a little bit of blood coming off of that. But other than that, I mean, yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, he, he may have actually, had a concussion. Yeah, he might have. But yeah. he, he was slurring his words ahead of time, too, before the whole, th the whole situation. And he wasn't falling asleep, so that's good. Mm. But he did knock me over while I was standing outside smoking a cigarette. Oh, man. <laughs> did you handle that like a champ? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I'm not not quite as graceful as Hannah did, but uh, he actually fell full body weight into me, not just grabbing my leg from like four feet down. Wow, <laughs> man! There's always gonna be that one guy, man. Always. It's always. Yeah, man. I I don't know what it is. It's just someone's got to someone's got to be that guy, I suppose. There's always the town drunk. Yeah, it sucks though. I wish the town drunk would just like fall asleep at six p.m. and not come out. <laughs> well then then they wouldn't know who he was right then we don't want to know who that is you know i got it we want to enjoy ourselves and not be accosted you know yeah exactly yeah, yeah. No, i mean he, he wasn't he wasn't too bad up until the point where he almost not pulled hannah off the stage so yeah luckily nothing nothing happened to you guys and that that's always a blessing right there right right, right. Yeah. other than that was the show good was the sound right did y'all have a good energy what was up 
Yeah, man, it was it was. Just, I mean, I love going to sidelines. It's the just the the room there is just really it's just huge. It's like a big old hall, just all the way. Just you know, they got the bar right down the middle. They got a, like a basketball vending game and like pool tables just set up everywhere. Okay. And you know, I mean, the place doesn't get packed for us per se, but everybody in the in the room is you know in engaged with us. Like they're clapping at the end of the songs and everything like that, and making requests to coming up and dancing every once in a while. I got gotcha. you. Right. I got gotcha. you. That's cool. Have you have, have you been practicing Mortal Kombat yet? Actually, no. Dude, you're gonna get I, more uh, out. Actually, I need to get a new a new Xbox controller because I had a fit of nerd rage when my A button got stuck. Ah, here's what's gonna happen, Sean. You ready for this? I'm gonna. Put, I'm, I'm gonna be a first round elimination. Is that what you're telling yeah, me? I'm predicting. I am predicting right now on this show. All the people who are gonna get in this tournament. Mark my words. I'm emceeing this. I'm not participating. You're going to be sitting there with me the whole time because you're going to get knocked out so fast. <laughs> and you're going to be stuck talking to me while everybody else is playing. You know, that might make for a better time. Oh, dude, I need a partner, man. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know about all that, but I will. I might get some practice time in because I know Aaron has the game, so I might go over there and check it out. You better hurry up because yeah. uh, Dan Harsha here is. I think you don't even have a date for the thing yet, dude. He's going to be the sleeper cell here, man. Yeah, that means you ain't listened to the episode last week. What's that? We announced all that last week. Where you been at? Uh, dude, I, I don't know. I've been all over the place. Been working. See? Eliminated. Yeah, it's gonna be. Man, I got, I got the whole, I got the light show down at Gilligan's to worry about. They're putting in line array systems over there, man. I'm, I'm working moonlight hours and shit like that. Uh, it's fucking crazy, dude. Like, I, 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 I don't even know what I'm gonna condition? be doing tomorrow. Are you on a condition? Yeah, just quit your job. It's in the way. You, you know you're right, but it also helps pay the bills, and I can't afford yeah, to quit my job yet. Just, just have less bills. No, he's got multiple jobs. That's his deal. Yeah, he works a lot, man. Sean, Three we're, jobs. Just, we're just busting your ass, man. I know you work hard. You do a lot of stuff, man. <laughs> no, I know. But you got to have fun and enjoy your life, too, at the same time. Exactly. Uh, I mean, that's why I play Rocket League whenever I get a chance. <laughs> <laughs> They're like five-minute little games, and you can just stop them whenever you want. I got you. All right, yeah, I've heard that. I can stop whenever I want. Kind of like me and beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, stop right. I'll, I want. Think, I'll think I'm going to go on for one match, and then ten matches later, I finally turn the freaking Xbox off. Exactly. Yep. Or throw my controller and get mad. See what happens. Yeah, go practice with Aaron, man. So if anybody out there is listening and they want to get Sean a new controller because his A button got stuck and he got all mad about it. I literally me. ripped my controller in half. Yeah, but that's all by the cheap him. ones. We can see if somebody will donate one to you just to get through this tournament. <laughs> well, aren't we playing it on PS4? Yes. yes. Yeah, see, I have Xbox One. It's still the same controls, though. Yeah. 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 You just might want to just get the concept of the game down. <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah, you're right. You're right. You ain't lying. That's right. I know I I know I'm not lying. <laughs> <laughs> but we got a we got a pretty big weekend this weekend, so I'm, I think I might actually be able to buy the game next week. Alright. Where y'all where are y'all at this weekend? What's going on with that? So uh, Friday, we're at, we're heading up to Fagers Island. We're playing from 9.30 to 1.30 in the morning, and it's cruising weekend up in Ocean City. Nice. So it's going to be fucking bonkers. 
and uh, that's always a fun time. Figures is just fantastic place right. to be. Right. Um, Saturday night, we're, or Saturday during the from 7 p.m. to 11, we're doing the night at the market on East Market North, or at the East Market's North Hall. It's uh, hosted by the D.C. Firefighters Burn Foundation. The tickets are like 100 to $125, but it, it's a nonprofit uh, organization established by active and retired D.C. firefighters. The benefits go to uh, the Children's National Medical Center. That's and great, with, those, with the tickets, obviously, you get you know food and drinks and, and uh, silent auctions. And the food and drink is provided by like a local uh, restaurants like the Salt Line, the Dubliner, Rockland's Barbecue, and the Boundary Stone. Oh, oh wow, Rockland's! Rockland's is awesome, awesome man. <laughs> we love yeah, that. that. that, that I, I put a star <laughs> next to that one. I was like, man, I love barbecue, dude. Rockland's, I can't rocks, wait for that. Man. They are so awesome. Good deal, dude. That's oh, a yeah, great thing, man. Great Sunday, thing. we actually have uh, we're playing at the Solomon's Island Tiki Bar, the grand opening. This is the last day of their grand opening weekend. So, cool. That's yeah, cool. that's from. Uh, 2 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. It's going to be a freaking bonkers weekend. Right. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it. <laughs> right. Well, you, we wish you the best on all those endeavors, my friend. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. I appreciate it. Safe cool. travels and, and such. Yeah, and, and get us some stories for next week. What do you yeah. think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, you know, I got backlog. <laughs> That's right, dude. I know dude. you well, do, man. Well, I'll, I'll holler at you soon, man. We'll get something set up. But I'll, until then, dude, we'll hook you up with next week, man. Fantastic. All right, man. All right, brother. Y'all have a good night. Yeah, right, man. Tom. From See the you, Gurus, we say what's up. Later. See ya. Later. There he is. There you go. Sean Kirkpatrick. Sean in 60 seconds. That's right. I love always, it, man. Always taking the time out for us, man. Yeah, man, talking to him at the end got me sice. Dude, we have to talk about our meal tonight. <laughs> From Spoon's Barbecue in La Plata, Maryland, hit a home run tonight. Dude, those ribs, if we would have pulled up in a Flintstones car, it would have flipped over. That's right. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Boom. I called my guy today. It was like 1.30. I called up there. He's like, dude, where you been, man? I didn't know you were calling today. It's usually Because I usually call 1 o'clock every yeah. time. He's like, where you been? I was like, dude, this is what's up. I gave him the order. He said, I got you. I got you. Y'all are the gurus. It's not a problem. You went and picked it up, and you're like, boom. Oh, man. And I had my uh, usual couple brews while I sat there. And right. I love sitting there. It's just a cool place. And when, when that food came out and I went to grab it off that uh, bar, uh, counter, not the bar, I wanted to come here. I was like, whoa, holy smokes. This is heavy. Right. <laughs> Got here, realized why. Full rack, baby. Right. Two times. Oh, my God. Dude, it was a rib feast. That's why I put it in the post. Oh. We had a rib feast. Holy smokes, man. I implore everybody to go there and try them out. Yeah. And go with your buddies, because that was enough food for four people. Easily. Yeah, we don't want them to know that, because we love it. Right, right. The generosity, but that is enough for four people. And get your buddies together, go do it, and you're going to write me an email going, thank you. Yeah. Because it's that good. And the shrimp shrimp fried rice appetizers, the way to go. That gets your stomachs set up for it. There's no better shrimp fried rice. Yeah, I've ever had. Dude, it's so there. good. 
Yeah, man, it's the perfect base. Yeah. You can put the ribs and barbecue on top of it. It's yep. a home run. Your stomach feels good. It's not all ate up. No. It's sitting on that base. Exactly. Yep. A lot of people don't know how to eat right. That's called eating right. That's Yeah, it is. There, there is a method to it, man. Yeah, and dude, I thoroughly enjoyed tonight's meal. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm. And I can't say enough good things about those folks. Fine folks at Spins Barbecue. I'm telling you. For one, they picked a great location with a great parking lot. Yeah, I that, cannot say that, that enough. <laughs> that parking lot is awesome. That has that has sold it for you right there, man. You love that parking lot. People don't know the right things in life, and a good parking lot is one of those things. It is a great parking lot. <laughs> it really is. And they got the greatest location. That that corner store, it's beautiful. It man. is. I, I love mean, it. It's right there, man. I, I popped in last Sunday, I'll be honest. Right. Took care of took advantage of the all-day Sunday happy hour. You gotta call me next time on that, man. Dude, it started pouring down rain, and so I was like, I'm not leaving. Joe was there. We're hanging out and having a couple beers, you know. It was just great. It was a great day. They had a a band set up, so I got to hear some live music. Perfect. So we want to thank Hannah and Joe and, and the whole crew at Spoons. The staff is amazing. They take care of you. Get over there Wednesday nights for trivia or Friday night for karaoke, whatever you want to do. They have options all week long. Kids eat free on Thursdays. Thursdays. Thursdays with the porch with the purchase of an entree. That's it. It's good stuff, man. Um, dude, let's take a break. Cause we've been going, man. This is we've been going, man. Yeah, we don't normally we usually take a break between between um, Higgy and Sean. Yeah. But we just rolled tonight, so we're gonna take a quick break. Get reset and get Ron Vento on from Night Sky Studios. Yes. But the way this opening segment went, man, we got a great show for these people tonight. Yes, we do. Everybody listening is in for a treat. So, this Guitar Gurus with Dan and Dan, and we'll be right back. from our 100 gigawatt radio internet thing that plugs into something else. It's WGUR, the Guitar Gurus. We see each other through different eyes. Yeah, man. We're back, man. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm feeling so happy and so great right now, man. Good. I can see that. Just the energy of the show so far, everything's just lining up great. And I just believe everybody's really going to get a kick out of this one tonight, man. It's just shaping up to be awesome. Yes, indeed. You know. Oh, then, you know. That, <laughs> that, that gets you home every time, right? It doesn't hurt. That's for sure. Yeah, we're pumped, man. We are so pumped. We're excited. We've got just phenomenal, phenomenal content and guests tonight. So, Yeah, um, everybody seriously just sit back and, and get ready to soak up all the knowledge that this is about to get get turned up here on the show he's got three cool personalities set up yes and without further ado we're gonna um get the, uh, the holly's bar and grill soundstage phone system cranking and get mr ron vento of night sky studios on the horn all right what do you think i'm ready man awesome let's do it give let's, me some soothing tones i need some soothing tones night sky studios ron vento coming up right here on the guru show yeah it's ringing, man. It's ringing. 
Come on, phone system. The ring sounds great. It does. Hello? Hey, Ron, it's Dan from the Guitar Gurus. You want to go on the air? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Awesome, dude. I got your mic hot. You're in the studio with us. I got Dan Alban here. He's my co-host. Dan Alban, say hi to Ron Bento. Ron, good evening. How are you, sir? What's up, man? How you doing? Doing great, man. Thank you for being on with us. Thanks for spending time with us. No problem at all, man. Appreciate you guys calling me. Having me on. Yeah, we're excited to have you on, man. Yeah, and uh, awesome, awesome. Yeah, the listeners are really too, man. That it's the buzz about this week's show is through the roof already on Facebook. Oh, that's great, man. So, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So when we have guys on for the first time to our show, at a courtesy, we always like to get your background and give you a second to explain how you came into music and why you're on the show. You know, so give us your quick, brief bio background and what's so we can get a little bit more comfortable with you. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. I mean, you know, from when I was a kid, I was always, you know, into music, man. From the first time I, you know, went over to my friend's house and we were listening to, you know, Kiss records and things like that. So from there, man, I just decided that, you know, I was definitely going to be wrapped up into music my whole life. Um, I used to tell people in high school, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to work a job for sure. And, uh, you know, a lot of people believe me. Some people didn't. But, you know, uh, you can see to this day, I, I haven't really worked a real job other than music related stuff. So I kind of stuck to it, man. I went, you know, down to Atlanta, went to a music school, you know, halfway lived out of a van trying to record albums when I was younger, moved from state to state trying to just get stuff together, man. So I was real serious about it, you know. Um, from there, I just started, you know, a couple bands in Atlanta. We kind of did some things, you know, worked, some stuff did, some stuff didn't. I got to play with a couple of my, you know, longtime heroes from when I was a kid. That was awesome. Wow. Uh, you know, always made, you know, had a, had, a, had a vision to have a studio, started one down there, moved back to Maryland at some point, started one up here, you know, and then I got into business with another guy up in Clinton. And then, you know, individually bought him out, man, and then started this place down here. But that's a that's a super brief history, man, but I could go into, like, super details on it. Now, I think that gave everybody just enough to, to, yeah. get, to, to get your point across. You're well-versed yeah, yeah. in what we're talking about, so that's cool. Oh, definitely, man, definitely. So, so Night Sky Studios, what what is the current studio setup for you, man? What, 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 are, you, what are you throwing down for gear, man? Now, now I know it's called Guitar Gurus, but we're talking about studio gear in general or just my guitar setups? No, no. This segment right now is about your studio. Right. Don't let oh, the name you, of the you, show fool you. you. We, we talk about everything, everything here. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got you. So, I mean, yeah, basically my studio, I'm running something called Pro Tools um, HDX. It's like the, the big boy of Pro Tools rigs, you know what I mean? Um you know, but I have like other than just Pro Tools. Everybody, you know, has Pro Tools or whatever. But not many people have the HDX versions, which is like I said, the big boy of the situation. But I have a lot of outboard gear too, which is what a lot of studios don't have. You know, I have a lot of API stuff, Chandler stuff, Empirical Lab stuff, Neve stuff, Manly stuff. I mean, there's so much stuff that I have. It's 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 incredible, man. But my outboard is what makes the studio. You know, I probably got literally a mercedes benz and outboard gear and and that's not even trying to be funny that's that's being literal probably a mercedes benz sitting in my racks you know right wow. <laughs> dude that's a, yeah, that's awesome it's man. too it's, it's really too much stuff to get into i mean you know if, i don't know if any of your you know listeners are super into recording gear but if they are you know i just recommend they go over to nightskystudio.org and look at the gear list because it's it's pretty intense you know right that that's perfect that's exactly what i wanted you to say 
Yep. Tease, tease us with the good stuff, and then like plug the site. Go check it all out there. Plug yeah, the it's, it's it's a lot of stuff, man. I mean, I've been building this place since I was 15 years old. You know, so you're talking over 30 years of building studio. And you've kept all your gear over the years. I've sold so few pieces. I can't even count the stuff I've sold on one hand. Uh, I generally will keep everything. So many people come in here and say, "Hey, you can you uh, you want to sell this? You want to sell that?" And, nine times out of ten the answer is no i probably sold five pieces of gear my whole life just because you never know when you're going to need that one piece of gear for that one situation uh it could be just the the dumbest piece of equipment the most low cost thing but you just never know when it's going to come into play you know wow so yeah I i don't i don't sell much that is that is incredible to have that option with all those pieces in play like that that, yeah, that, I mean, when, you, when you're running a, a you know commercial facility, it's almost like you have to have you know what you have, and then have backups of all that stuff. It's like something goes down, <laughs> you can't just stop sessions right in the middle of work, you know? Right, right. Wow, man, that's cool. So, how how is the studio business? Are you always booked? Is there a waiting list? How do you get? A, how do you do uh, that? Generally, for um, weekday work, you can probably get in inside of two weeks at any given time. Sometimes my weekends get filled like two months in advance. Um, but generally, you can always get in with inside of two weeks if you're ha- you know you're flexible on your schedule. Uh, it's very rare that we get a lockout for you know three weeks at a time. I mean, when we're doing super big records, it happens, but it, it is very rare. So yeah, especially most people. I mean, most people are not booking giant chunks of time anymore. But as, as a studio, as a whole, I mean, we do have up and down periods, but I mean, I've been in this spot for 15 years. So, you know, it's, it's always enough to keep the doors open and, you know, feed my family. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, great. yeah. That's great, man. Yeah. That's people cool. people always ask me, you know, uh, it's kind of an, an insulting question in a way, but uh, the first thing they'll say is, you know, what do you do for a living? And I'll say, oh, I work at a recording studio. And it's, then it follows up with, well, is that is that all you do? It's like, what what the hell do you mean? Is that all I do? I don't even know. <laughs> that's not enough, man. I don't understand, man. That's not enough to do. Uneducated <laughs> people, man. Just they don't understand comments. how much work goes into that. They yeah. really no, don't. It's, man. it's running a real business. You know, it's like yeah. a legitimate business, and it takes a legitimate amount of time. Like it probably takes more time than just having a regular job. You know? Oh yeah. But dude, it's running a business, and then you got to record the music. <laughs> no doubt, man. Yeah. It's, it's a pain in the butt sometimes. Yes, I get it, man. Uh, yeah, so it's just like a little bit of an insulting question, but I, I get the I get the gist of it though, because you know, like if you talk to I, literally every single person in the world has a studio. So if you say that to someone, you know, they immediately think you're sitting in your bedroom just recording your friends or something, because you know the commercial studio is a, is a dying thing. I mean, look how many multi-million-dollar studios have shut down over the past ten years. You know, true. That's true. You know, just gotta keep your operating costs down so that way you can have affordable rates where people still want to have that experience yeah man i got a great landlord he keeps my rent down and things like that and uh my rates are really really reasonable because i'm in waldorf you know what i mean it's like i'm sitting in la or nashville or or somewhere like that so the rates have to be reasonable man i hear i hear stories of dudes in their houses you know charging more than me i'm just like well i guess they can do that you know i guess if they book one session a week that's okay because they're going to their real job you know during the day yeah so i I don't i don't understand it but yeah yeah you know what um that thought right there brought brings up the the thought i had earlier about when like a first timer to a music studio you know 
Yeah. When they arrive to the studio, what can they expect? What can you prepare them for so they don't feel awkward or out of place? Yeah, well, I always try to have a preliminary meeting, especially if you're dealing with a band, you know what I mean? If you're just dealing with a rapper or something like that, you can pretty much come in and just knock out a song, no problem. But if you're dealing with a band, me personally, I always try to have a preliminary meeting, like half an hour, so I can sit down with the band and just explain things to them. So that's the first step. I try to talk to them. But, you know, there's there's a lot of misconception with these new guys coming in that, you know, we're going to come in, we're just going to set up our equipment, and we're going to play, and it's going to be done. And they think they're going to be in and out of here in two or three hours and record an EP or something. And, and the main thing is to understand is it's not that type of a process, you know. Even if you're making a live record, it still takes way longer than you think. So time is a, a you know a, a big concern to new bands because a lot of people don't have a lot of money but at the same time my whole philosophy with these new guys are hey let's not work on an album or an ep let's work on a single or uh two songs let's get the best quality we can possibly get you know without you know sacrificing anything forget doing a whole record put out the best two songs you can make the, the best two songs that you've written let's you know make them sound the best possible and, and let's go from there and most people you know they're, they're willing to do that but a lot of times you just have to explain to them you know super simple things you know they're, hey you're gonna play to a metronome that's that's pretty important if you're not let's maybe go ahead and start practicing to that now let's do let's do like the things that are common sense but a lot of people overlook let's clean your cymbals let's put new drum heads on there let's get your guitars intonated <laughs> properly the you fundamentals know, the simple things the fundamentals yeah, yeah you yeah. know because that's that's overlooked a lot of times i mean how, how many probably nine out of ten people that come in the studio don't even worry about getting their guitars intonated a lot of these new guys don't even know what that means and that's that's kind of scary if you think about it you know right <laughs> the russian yeah the they, russian. they yeah. come in thinking okay we got this we can just knock it all out no, yeah, man. I mean, you, you get into a critical listening situation and your intonation is off just by a little bit. I had to record a whole, uh, an entire uh, album over bass because the bass player refused to intonate his bass before he started recording. He said it wouldn't matter. And, you know, he, obviously he found out it did matter in the end. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah, but, well, they want, you know, the other problem is they want, they want their albums to sound like what's like on the radio but that's just unrealistic in most situations because the stuff you're hearing on the radio man i mean these people are rocking ten thousand dollar drum sets three thousand dollar guitars and you know five thousand dollar amp setups and they're sitting in a multi-million dollar studio and they want to come in and spend you know 500 bucks and sound like that and you know even my studio as great as it is i'm only going to be able to get you 95 percent of that i mean you want to get the real sound you're gonna, you're gonna be dropping 200 dollars an hour or better at a like a multi-million dollar facility you know not exactly. to mention the time those big bands put into it i mean they spend anywhere from a week to a month doing a song not a day right you know? right and that's the thing that people don't realize that that is right. exactly what happens so it's just one thing they got to get over like and we all did it you know at one time we all tried to record our first thing and we were under that false impression so just try to educate them mainly and say let's do one song has best as we can you know forget yeah. about this whole album you're trying to do but if they got the budget for it sure you know i'm all down with that so ron can i ask you a question this is uh dan alvin here um i got it so when you're doing that and you get it you get um i don't i don't know what the proper term is but i don't want to say the wrong thing like if you get like a younger a younger uh group of guys uh -huh. I, I don't want to use the word like rookies or you know you know yeah no um if they come in and they want to record something, 
a lot of times probably they're they're without producing or anything. Are you yeah. assisting with any of the producing when these guys come in or Well, I'll are do you, I'll do one of two or three things. Like obviously when you want me to really produce, I mean produce produce, like that's an, a separate fee altogether, right? Like right. you really need a producer. But generally only experienced bands are asking for that because they understand what an actual producer brings to the table. A, a new band coming in, they really don't understand what even a producer does. You know what I mean? So exactly. it's like the producer to them is, is irrelevant because they don't understand it. But you get three or four or five albums deep, you start to understand what a, a producer does and how he can help you. So I don't even generally throw that out to new bands because they probably just think I'm trying to rip them off or something, you know? Um, but I will help them all along the way. You know, I'll, I'll give in my input, any questions they have, I'll ask. Uh, I'll always say, hey, if you think I'm talking too much, just let me know and I'll, I'll kind of step out of your project a little bit because you know I'm, I'm definitely want every project that comes through the door to be as best as it, it can be because they're a representation of, of me and my studio when i leave i don't i don't advertise i've never advertised in my life i've never spent one penny on my advertising so basically those bands are my advertisement so i want to help them as much as humanly possible without stepping on their toes but when they pay me to produce that's a whole nother story. I sit down from scratch and we, we actually write songs, you know? Right. So that, that's kind of a whole different ball game. Okay. Well, that, that answered my question. I was, I was kind of wondering if you, um, you know, you just kind of gave your, your guidance or any yeah. opinions or any helpful tips to them because. Well, no, that, that's perfect. What you just said. I give guidance for right. sure all along the way. And I also offer options like, Hey, uh, X band, whatever you are, some drummers time align their drums. It's going to take this amount of time. Do you want to do it? Do you want to use samples on your drums? Do you want to do, you know, but I always say, like, balance what we're going to do with the time it's going to take. You know, do you have the time to sit here and time align drums, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I try to throw options at them and just let them kind of pick their own route, you know? There you go. Okay. That is ex that is great, great information, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, real. I, it is real. That's that's the way it is. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I like, man, I, I like, actually, I kind of like working with new bands because, you know, even though they come in with a false idea of what's going to happen, I mean, they're at least moldable in a sense, so you can start to guide them in the, the right way, as opposed to these guys that maybe have recorded two or three albums at their house, they only know their way, and then they come in and they expect everything to go exactly like their house, but it, their house is not a commercial facility, nor, you know, have they probably written anything that's done anything in the world, so it's almost like hard to get people to change things once they, I call it like demo, demo-itis or demo-syndrome, you know, they just, <laughs> they have a certain way they want to work, and, and right. that's the only way they want to work and that's probably nine times out of ten not the best way to work, you know. Yeah, and we're <laughs> we're all guilty of it when we were younger, you know. Yeah, but, absolutely. But man, that to have that that guidance there, man, it's invaluable because you don't you don't actually pay for that guidance; it's there. Nah, it's, no, I want a guide, man. Yeah, right. so, good for watched, you. Uh, it's so cool, man. I've watched some young bands like come up in my studio. Uh, now they're on like their third or fourth album and you know some of them are still working with me some of them have moved on but it's really awesome to see these bands that came in and i'm not trying to be mean or funny but they were just bad you know right. but they were they listened and it's, they took constructive criticism and instead of getting mad they got better you know and then now they're now they're in the fourth or fifth album and they're doing awesome things and that's that's just awesome to me to see right like so ron like 
that that's what I'm saying. These guys can be great live musicians, but when it comes to time to be a studio musician, it's a different gear. Oh, way different. That's, it's way different. So you know, and that's what. And when you have that conversation with that ex band where they they start out and they're really bad, but they think they're great because they can play live. There's yeah. that. That's the bridge they can't cross without egos getting hurt. And, yeah, and that's, and that's the what, that's biggest thing. That's the biggest thing, and it's just. It's great for you to explain that to everybody finally. Yeah, yeah, we Man, love you, that. You can take the criticism and get better, or you can just go back to what you were doing before, you know? And uh, there's so many examples of just people that got better over the years and better and better. And Man, I love to see that kind of thing, you know? It's, it's just, it's awesome to me. Sweet, man. That's Dude, cool. that is awesome. So let's switch gears. We did the studio stuff. That was awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about your band, the Roar Borealis, man. Oh yeah, man. It's, oh, yeah. it's definitely, definitely been around for a long time. Yeah, so let's <laughs> talk about it. The guitar work with it, because you do it. You know, just kick us out with that world, man. So start with so, us. With it. So that band started in 1996, man. That was when we first cut our first um, album back in the day, and um, I think we're on our ninth album right now. This is our third record deal. Um, you know, it's worldwide distribution. We made a video for the latest album. Um, it, it's really it's it's my um, my passion project because obviously playing metal, especially this, the kind of metal I play, you don't make any money off of it. You know, it's just it is what it is. The biggest bands in the world are still you know having jobs when they get off tour. You know, so it, it's more of a passion project. And like I said, I do yeah I do all the guitar work on it. On some of the albums, I played bass. Uh, some of them not. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, I do all vocals, all guitars. I do all the songwriting. So that's all the riffing and things like that. And then I'm fortunate enough to work with, like, some of the best drummers on the planet Earth. And when I say that, I'm not even trying to be funny. These guys, you know, they make their livings doing drums and doing drum clinics and playing with monster bands. One of my drummers, man, he, I mean, he, he's like the drum tech for Megadeth and he's played with Megadeth and he's played for bands like Demi Borgir and, you know, they're all endorsed by mega big drum companies and it's really awesome, man. So I've been fortunate with my band for sure. Nice. Wow. <laughs> but it's like it's a lot of hard work man that's another thing that kind of gets to me sometimes everybody says oh you're so lucky whether it be running a studio or playing in a band like let me tell you something nothing is luck you know it's all hard work i mean when i come home from school i didn't play video games and 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 sit down and or you know go outside or whatever man i, I play my guitar for eight hours a day you know um, I, I kept a practice log when I was like, like 15 years old. What 15 year old keeps a practice log? You know, you. That's who. <laughs> exactly. I didn't. I tell you, man. I I won't lie, man. I, I I was coming up. I got consumed by the video games and the you know. I remember. No, I remember. You have to. I did both. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a good like. Look, man. Everyone has to have hobbies of some kind, you know. But I just think in order to be a professional at anything you do you have to take it serious so if you're spending three or four or eight hours playing video games and one playing your guitar there's a good chance you're probably not going to be a professional guitar player you know what i mean <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> exactly. yeah it's just like anything i mean you could relate it to basketball those kids those professional basketball players they probably were playing basketball for eight hours a day you know right right oh yeah man so 
I was just I just really wanted to be a musician, man. You know, I just that's what I wanted to do. And in order to do it, you have to take it serious and you have to take it to the next level, man. I wasn't you know, I wasn't wrapped up in like even toys or anything like that when I was a kid. I was just wrapped up in the music, you know. Nice. Wow. That's cool, man. That's real cool. <clears throat> so what's your current guitar, man? My favorite or yeah. like just what's what's I have like racks of guitars man. i got you so which, <laughs> all right so what do you rock out just as a quick easy down and dirty player and then what's your ultimate favorite one all right so i'll, I'll just go with two man I, but I, uh, uh i have a guitar that i've owned since i'm about like 16 or 17 years old and you know how like we're just talking about what you put your money into like what i put my money into when i was 16 was a two thousand dollar custom guitar which in today's standards is probably four or five thousand dollars you know right so it, it's a jackson uh it's customized specifically for me it has a, a one-of-a-kind paint job it has engraving in the neck it has you know my name put on it i mean it's it's, it's a jackson custom it's got a, a reverse headstock it's called a dinky i mean i don't know if you're familiar with jackson but it's oh. like a dinky reverse right um but it's like my main, it's the one that's been used on every single Aurora Borealis album I've ever done in my life. And it's just my guitar, which is why it's my favorite. It is only one of them in the world, you know? Right, that's real cool. Now, my, my current favorite to play, uh, last year I just got a, um, a, PRR, a PRS Custom 24, and it's one of the 10 top editions, which is the top 10% of the wood right. that they select. So that's pretty badass, and it's got a, a Sustainiac put in it too, which is really awesome to just play around with because I do like pop music too. Right. Um, and it's really awesome to have that guitar because it sounds amazing on pop records and with that Sustainiac. I can do things like that I can't do with a regular guitar. So that's like the two guitars I use most, you know, I got some really awesome, I got a guitar that was actually owned by Dave Mustaine from Megadeth and toured with him, so I got lots of awesome stuff, but those oh, are my wow. two favorites. <laughs> I got you, that's cool. Man. I'd love to see a picture of that guitar, man. Right. Which one, the, the Mustaine? Yeah. Yeah, man, I traded, I traded his roadie for, uh, you know what, uh, Remember the signature series, Stevie Ray Vaughan Strats? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they, they weren't like, you know, they were like a grand or whatever back in the day. So I had access to a music store and get things at call. So I literally just bought a SRV Strat and traded it to Megadeth's roadie for Dave Mustaine's guitar. And it's awesome because the road case has all the Megadeth stuff all over it, all the tour stickers and whatnot. And uh, the guitar is pretty flawless because it was his backup guitar. So it only got played very limited on... I believe it was uh, the Rust in Peace tour. That's the tour I think it came off of. Well, that's the best tour. Wow. Yeah, that's a good record, right? Oh, Damn, dude, that, man. that's like every kid's... Dude, I grew up trying to play that whole album, man. Right. Yeah. That's the stomping. What about that solo, man, on Tornado of Souls? That's oh. a sick solo, man. <laughs> yeah. Dude, my buddy Micah Nepper played it at our high school. The was, solo for the, or the Tornado of Souls song? Yeah, th their band played that song, dude. It was legit. Dude, they brought down the house. That, yeah. That's a tough solo, man, too, because Marty Friedman is no joke. Um, when I had my when I graduated from um, the, you know Atlanta Institute of Music down there, we got to play any song we wanted to, and I was really heavy into thrash music. So me and a friend of mine, um, remember that song Hangar 18 with like the oh, million yeah. solos back and forth, back and forth, back right. and forth. Yeah, yeah. So we played we played Hangar 18, man. That was so fun, and we we man, it was it was just a good time. It was just fun playing with another guitar player equal to your level, so you could just go back and forth, and everything was flawless, man. And we had like really good kids in that school man like great great musicians so that was an awesome time so i know what you mean man playing Megadeth is fun 
<laughs> I mean, dude, if you can play it, yeah, it's it's got to be a great time. <laughs> yeah, well, I think anybody could play some of like Dave Mustaine's solos because they're very just you know chromatic and, and right up the neck. But when you start playing the other guys in Megadeth solos, like the Marty Friedmans, the Chris Polans, and all these guys, that's where it gets tricky. Mustaine is smart enough to know he's not the greatest lead player, so he better get a good lead player. Right, you know? right. Exactly, dude. I'm still geeked out with Dystopia, man. I love that album, man. Yeah, it's a great record, man. Oh, hey, they, they're, they're one of the few bands that have stayed sort of true, man, over the years. You know, even though they had some bad records, they, you know, I was really heavily into thrash music, so that's why I like them so much. Dude, I can't get it out of my blood, dude. I thrash everything I own. I'm the thrash <laughs> guy. I come up with thrash dude. riffs every day of my life. Yeah, it's it's every, true. It's I, I true. always consider making a thrash band. I'm like, let me make a thrash dude, band. Dude, you know, I'm in. It's I'm awesome. in. I'm in, dude. And it's old school, early 80s thrash. That's my deal. Yeah. That's my deal. Well, I. That's, I love that too, and I love it mixed with um, like European, like European thrash is my favorite thrash. So like when I say that, I mean bands like you know Creator, Corner, Sodom, you know all those bands. That, that those are my favorites. And then my second favorite is obviously the American thrash. You know like your Overkills and your Megas and things like that. You know. Yeah, man, <laughs> you're geeking me out, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, you you can hear a lot of th if you listen to my albums, man. Even though it's sort of technical death black metal. You can hear thrash influence throughout all of my albums, man, you know? Right. I'm going to have to dig deep in there, man, when I get some time. Yeah, just let me do send me your email. I'll send you everything for free, man. Just listen, like, uh, just send me your email address. I'll send you everything. Yeah, dude. I'll hook, I'll hook you <laughs> up, dude. Definitely, man. That's awesome. Awesome. Nice. Well, cool, dude. Well, we got one more question for you before we let you get out of here, dude. And yeah, it's our, man. And it's yeah. our signature question. We, yeah, what's up? We call it best gig, worst gig. You can answer in any order you want, but you got to answer both. So after all oh, okay. your years of jamming and touring everywhere, what's your best show and your worst show and why? Well, my best shows are just going to bore you, but my worst show probably won't. But, but honestly, man, my best shows were always just playing in my hometown. Like, not my personal hometown, but where I moved to uh, down in Atlanta. Um, cause, just because all our fans were there. We could pack places out. And it's it's not like today, you know, when you go watch these like cover bands play or whatever, and it's like in a little bar, and it's like a couple lights or whatever. I mean, you know, back in the day, you played a show, it was a show, you know? Right. So we, we were always, you know, in our hometown, we could always set up our full craziness our theatrics and all this stuff man so it's kind of boring but honestly just places like the international ballroom in atlanta the hometown of the band was the best shows of all time and quite frankly not when we were opening for a bigger band i mean that's cool and everybody wants to open for bigger bands but i just like when we were headlining in our hometown that's awesome you know right that's a great feeling but, man but I'll, I'll tell you the worst gig man it was is crazy man we were touring and then somebody from some band or our band, I don't even remember who it was, booked us a show, man, and it was somewhere like in, well, I know it was in Alabama, I just couldn't tell you the town, probably outside of Mobile or somewhere like that, but, so, we don't even know where we're playing, you know, we're in this van or whatever, we're driving down this rocky road in the woods, in the mountains, and we literally, like, just come to this cabin and a stage in the woods, and looking around, man, I'm only noticing, like, people with like nazi tattoos and stuff like that and then as people start to filter in you know it's literally like a nazi sort of skinhead thing and you know we don't we play death black metal we don't play hardcore nazi music you know and um and it was like i was genuinely scared out of my mind dude because we're playing in front of these racist crazy nazis and you know 
one wrong move, who who knows what the heck happens, man. But I was genuinely scared for my life up in the, that that those woods, you know. Yeah. Wow. Crazy, man. Like I, I, you know, I don't I don't associate with people like that, man. It's like to be amongst a couple hundred of them was sort of really scary to me, man. You know. Yeah, you couldn't just leave because then they get real pissed. No, man, we couldn't leave because there was two other bands and we were playing last. You know, we were like the big band, the big draw or whatever. And, uh, man, if we left, like, you know, we've got this 10-mile dirt road mountain to go down. I mean, you know, there ain't no way we're leaving. But at the same time, very uncomfortable situation, man, the, the whole way around. And um, that's my worst gig just because I was scared, dude. Not, I don't, you know, I'm not scared much of anything. But, like, surrounded by people like that that, you you know, you're just not used to and you don't associate with, man, that was, that was scary because those people are crazy, you know? Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, uncomfortable, yeah. man. That's that's, that's I, I, used to, mm. I used to play in some bands with some scary dudes, man. But, like, these guys, man, I was fearful yeah, for my the, life, the, you know? Those guys, the worst thing you had to worry about is getting stabbed by your own friend, like, having a good time. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm, I, I, that was the last time I let any any sort of person I didn't know, like it was, I think it was booked through like one of the band members' friends or something like that. And I'm like, look, that's the last time yeah. that kind of booking is happening. Like all the bookings have to be through one of us and, and verified because, I mean, it's common for bands not to know where they're going. They just show up at the venue and play. But how do we get in the woods? Like that's what I was trying to figure out. You know what right. I mean? Right. <laughs> How did it have power? What's that? <laughs> How did it have power? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, we got our usual, like, it's like, uh, I think they just took the gig because, you know, the paycheck was there and everything was good. But sometimes that paycheck isn't worth what you're, what you're going to do, man, you know? No, oh, yeah, not man. like that. Not no. like that at all. Yeah, man. That's that some crazy that's some crazy stuff, man. I, I played a lot of crazy shows just with madness that happens, obviously. Uh, I mean, crazy madness because you, you know you're going back you know you're going back to when you know touring was touring and it wasn't just like you pack up and go to your local bar you know it's like this is when this is when music was a thing man people were touring you know like right. even you could be a small band and you could still get on tours you know yeah and uh there's lots of madness back in the day man but like that was the that was the scariest thing ever for for a band you know well, thanks for telling it, man. That's awesome. Thanks yeah. for great radio. Thanks for great radio. I completely understand. I didn't have that extreme, but I know what you're saying. That's bad, man. So, yeah. Dude, anytime you, anytime you worry about your life, you know, you yeah, got a bad situation. Not cool, man. But I got to tell you, Rob, we appreciate you telling us these stories. These are, these are great, man. And, no problem. Uh, I, enjoy, I enjoy talking about stuff, man. I, like I said, man, I... I uh, I just like to, you know, I like to, I like to get out in the community. I don't get a chance to get out like in the community too much because I'm sitting in the studio. All these bands, you know, they, they think I'm just like, you know, don't support them or whatever. But I'm the biggest advocate in the world for music, and, and it's just, you know, I got to sit in the studio every night when bands are playing. I'm sitting in the studio, you know. Right. I get it, man. <laughs> Make sure you're so, taking. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm your, happy. Take take your vitamin D, man, since you're indoors all the time. Yeah, man. I, mean, I, I really like appreciate guys like you, man, who actually allow me to talk a little bit and things like that. You know, because like I said, I don't, I don't get out that much. So, you know, it's guys like you, and I just did this podcast the other day, man. It's it's really awesome that people like you are doing things to you know get the word out and help other people in the community, man. So I, I appreciate you guys. Oh man, thanks, man. Well, appreciate sweet, that. man. I hope our podcast was up to par here. Yeah, dude, it's fun, man. It's, it's definitely fun for me just to talk, and you know, <laughs> you guys are guitar guys too, so like you you enjoy the guitar stuff, you know. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. 
exactly, man. Well, I would tell you, Ron, uh, honestly, we're, we enjoy the community thing more than anything at all. Yeah, man. I, I, I appreciate that, man, that you guys exist to do stuff like that, man. There really needs to be more of a, of a support in the community. It's really weird, man. Like, in this area, it's like everybody, like, hates on everybody else for music. And it's especially, like, and I'm talking about rock all the way down to hip-hop, man. Like, it's almost like bands are in a competition rather than to help each other, you know. And guys like you, man, you, you give an avenue for bands to be heard and people to be heard and small business to be heard. And it's, it's awesome, man, what you guys do. Yeah, man. We're right. just trying to bring it all together so there, there can be dialogue between bands. So they can finally work, figure it out. If they work together, it's better. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's no doubt, man. When you work together, you can accomplish way more. You know. I mean, it's it's just the way it is. When I've lived in some great communities, man, like you know, like Atlanta and Tampa and all these places, and it just had a different vibe than it does here. You know. And I'll tell you something else we're missing up here is a lot of original music. You know. It's like it's really we're missing it here. There's probably ten bands doing it, man. I want to hear some more original stuff too. You know. Me too, man. Me too. I'm on that movement with you, dude. It's just these bar owners and venue owners don't want it. That's the problem. No, I know. I know, <laughs> man. I've had, I've, I've literally had this conversation so many times with bands and people, and it's, it's almost like the bands are willing to go out and play three hours for, you know, their little five hundred, or you know, not even five hundred, maybe three hundred bucks or whatever. It's like the bands are being exploited so bad, and. As it's one of those things, man. It's like buying concert tickets or buying sporting tickets. As long as people allow it, it's going to keep happening, you know? Right. So, it's, you know, there's a couple people pushing, man, for, like, original music and original clubs and things like that. And I, I'm, I'm really applauding those people. And uh, But it's almost like the band's got to get together, man. It's like, look, we're going to play some original music, you know? It's got to – It's something's got to change, you know? I mean, there's some good bands around here. And I'm telling you, they're, I've heard them play some original stuff. They're original stuff. It's better than half the legitimate songs they're playing for covers, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. I know, man. It's, yep. a, it's a necessary evil. And they know that, too, but they have to go where the few bucks are, you know? Because like, like, yeah. like Dan just said, no one's opening their doors welcoming to all this original music. No, it, it is a double-edged sword, like you said. Um, but it's one of those things, man, where it's like... You know, I understand bands want to play out and, and it's awesome and, and all that stuff. But at the same time, I, I just think like the bands are being raped, man. I think the prices they're getting paid and the, the extended times they're being asked to play, it's almost like somebody's got to say no at, at some point, you know. Yeah. And I think once that motion or movement gets started, maybe we can get some of the fans around here to not want to hear the cover songs because that's you know that's that's obviously why the bar owners are doing it the people that come in there want to hear the covers you know it's like we got to change the the, the 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 mentality of the listener and and you know even the bands themselves you know even though it's the necessary evil somebody's got to say no at some point you know right and, and uh and i think four hours a night is ridiculous dude i want to go see it i just want to see a band play for an hour an hour set that's enough Move on. Yeah, man. Who pays for four hours? Man, you don't even go watch. Like you pay. You could pay two, three hundred dollars for a a, a, a multi platinum band. They ain't playing four hours. So why are these club owners demanding four hours of? Think about the singers out there, man. The singers are ruining their voices, man. Like for, like I mean, I say pennies on the dollar. You know what I mean? You're right. It um, is. Like, it is. Dude, man, dude, that just yeah. opens up a whole nother can. 
It, there, yeah, that's that, a, this is a whole different conversation that I'm sure a lot of people listening would love to get in on. I don't, yeah, I don't really have, to have a show on that one day, man. Yeah. Just have a show on local bands. You, know? you I, could. I mean, everybody thinks I hate on cover bands, man. I, that's no. the mentality that people have about me. Oh, Ron, he hates on cover bands. No, I don't. I just think you're better than the covers you play. Right, <laughs> and dude. Oh, like, dude, my my little project. I did Sage. I did six songs. They're my songs. Right. <laughs> I'm happy with it. I'm good. It's awesome, man. That's 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 what everybody needs to do, man. Just do do so, at least do their own stuff. And I'm not I'm not saying go into a studio and do anything. Just man, just do your own stuff. That's what I'm interested in. You know, try to sneak a song in here or there. Let me hear let me hear what you do. You know? Yeah, man, dude. Exactly. But dude, yeah, I don't man. I don't hate on these bands at all, man. I, I feel for them just because of the, what the demands are placed on them. You know? I, I was having this conversation with my buddy. And, I, and he's like, why doesn't your band ever play here and here and here? It's like, dude, if they don't have a PA, I'm not playing there. Because I'm not bringing so a PA. I'm believe. not bringing a PA. I don't need yeah. to. Not, yeah. not only do they want you to play for four hours, now they want you to bring your PA? Well, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it's like, it's not worth it. I was like, dude, I'd rather not play. Uh, I can do, well, a, I can do dude, a Facebook and a, post and get more people to see that. <laughs> and, and, you know, to be quite honest with you, um, a lot of these, the bands that we're talking about, the, I just say the cover bands of the scene, right? So, like, a lot of these cover bands, I mean, they have, like, they go to regular jobs during the day. So, it's not like the money they need it. I understand they enjoy to go play out and things like that. They, It's like playing Rockstar for a night. It's awesome. Who doesn't want to do that, you know? Right. But... At the same time, it's like, man, I just wish that they, the, the bands or the club owners, somebody would change. I'm telling you, man, there's, like I said, there's a couple people that's doing it, and there's a couple people behind the change. And this is like the first people I've ever seen to get behind a change for, for once in the past 15 years. And it's cool because I feel like there's a movement now, at least, you know? Yeah, we, we feel it too, man. We feel it too. So. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Let's, so let's let's fing- cross our fingers and hope it continues, man. So we can see, you know, what these bands are really capable of. That I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hear the latest Taylor Swift song. I want to hear what you do, you know. Exactly, <laughs> dude. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> a yeah, lot, sir. a lot of times now, you have to go to like D.C. or uh, there's yeah. pockets in Northern Virginia if you want to have that experience. Yeah, that's cool. It's, well, maybe one day, you we know, need, we'll get we it around need, here too. We need it around here too. Right. No yeah. doubt, man. No Big doubt. Time. Big time. Well, Ron, dude, we thank you again, man. You've been a champ, a pro, just like I expected. Um, now that we have this relationship with you, hopefully in a couple more months we'll have you back on and we'll see what's going on in your world. Yeah, any anytime, man. I, I, I love doing stuff like this. So, you know, any anytime, feel free to call me up, man. I'm always down. Perfect, Ron. Perfect, man. That's well, dude, awesome. From the Southern Maryland Guitar Gurus, man, we say thank you and good night. All right. Have a good one, guys. All right, Peace. man. Peace. All right, Ron. There it is, man. Yeah. Well, I can see a future episode with him just on some of the topics we touched on. Dude, there's some serious topics there. Oh, yeah. And these, I hope the guys that are listening right now are really paying attention to it. Yeah, and, and don't take offense to anything that he came across with because he's seen a lot and he's shooting it straight. There was That, that was all just an honest conversation. That's exactly right. I mean, dude, if you're in a band and you want to play a four-hour night, and blow out your voice or jam it down go for it it's just right I, you know just, I, just realize what you're doing you know yeah and I, i'm talking like with the aspect of uh coming into the studio with a misconception that you're going to record an ep oh, in a day look, it's it's not going to happen it's not going to happen no not no <laughs> 
You want to you want to record five songs on your own in one day? Do it from home and see how it turns out. Don't go to a studio. You go to a studio when you have your shit together, yeah. man, and you're ready to do yeah. it for real. You come in there with one or two of your best solid songs and be ready to take the not the criticism but the you know, the guidance and opinions of hey, it you can listen to the interview with him. Ron will tell you straight up. You don't need to come in there thinking I'm doing five songs today. If you do that, you've already, I don't know, right. unless you're whoever, right. yeah, right. <laughs> whatever. So Ron, that was awesome, man. Yeah, Night Sky Studios. We appreciate the time spent with the gurus, man. Good job, man. We appreciate that. Yeah, man. That's cool. Let's uh, take a quick break. We'll come back and get everything lined up. What do you think? I, I love that idea. Perfect. Cool. Well, it's Guitar Gurus with Dan and Dan. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Southern Maryland Guitar Guru Show. If you're lucky, you'll see these two on a tandem bicycle riding down 925. We see each other through different eyes. Oh yeah, man, we're back from this break. How you feeling, Mr. Alban? Oh man, I might be slightly uh, full from dinner. And maybe a slightly buzz from dinner. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Either right. Either way, I feel great. Good deal, man. How Same you here. feeling, man? Yeah, I feel like a million dollars. Damn right. Because this show sounds and feels like a million dollars. That it does. That it does. So it's easy to feel that way. Yeah, man. And if we're just getting started, for real. Yeah, I mean. We got two shit. more guys. It's going to be a long one tonight. I love it, dude. We're already at about an hour and a half. We're an hour and a half in, and we got two more guests left. All right. So I'm down, dude. I'm here. I'm in the zone. Yeah, I'm this, feeling good. It's going to be a big episode, man. This is it, man. People are going to love it. So without further ado, I'm going to get the Ollie's Bar and Grill soundstage phone system cranking again and get Mr. Mike Kirkpatrick on the phone. What do you think about that? Oh, let's do. Let's get it done. Give let's some do this. Soothing tones. Mike Kirkpatrick. Father of Sean Kirkpatrick. We're going to dial him up. Yeah, it's ringing, man. It's ringing. The Ollie's Barn Grill Soundstage phone system's cranking. It's getting it. Hello, it's Mike. Hey, Mike. It's Dan from the Guitar Gurus. You want to go on the air? Hell yeah. Let's do this. Awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm in the studio. I got the mic hot, and my co-host Dan Albans here. <laughs> Dan Albans, say hi, Mr. Mike Kirkpatrick. What's up, Mike? How are you, buddy? Hi, Dan Alvin. How you doing, man? Brother? This is great, man. It's a pleasure to talk with you, man. Thank you for your time. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. It's great to talk to you guys. I've been listening enough. Oh, dude. Have you? Yeah, yeah. How do you like it? <laughs> yeah, man. I make a point to listen. I can't miss my son in there, you know? Yeah. You know, I get the other good tidbits all every week, so that's good stuff. Well, we appreciate that a lot, man. So it, <laughs> that even makes it better having you on. Right. We got the first father-son duo pair on the Guru Show. This is this is history right here. Yes, this is monumental, man. Nothing like this in Maryland for a while. Right, man. Yeah. We're, we're bringing a whole new, different idea to the music scene around here, and I'm glad everybody's digging what we're putting down. That's for sure. Right. 
So when we have guys on for the first time, I always like to do their bio first. So without further ado, man, we'll give you a couple moments to explain your background in professional music, professional sound, and, and what you do. So go for it. All right. Uh, well, um, I've had music around my whole life. Uh, you know, my mom was very much into music when I was growing up, so I was always the guy that always made the stereo sound good for some reason. Nice. She would get in the car, and I would always twinkle the knobs and twist the bass and treble and get the balance right and everything. You know, even as a little kid, yeah. I was adding speakers to the system and everything. So that's pretty much how it all started out. Right. Then uh, back in 89, I got an opportunity to move to Sweden. Uh, Sean's mother's from Sweden, and we got married and, and went over there and uh, spent about 10 years over there, and I got involved in the cover scene over there, which is very different from the way it was over here at the time. You know, over here they were playing you know, Journey and all kinds of different things, where over in Sweden it was just ACDC, Status Quo, and Creedence. Right. You could play those three, you'd get in a cover band, and people would just eat it up. It was crazy how crazy they were about, the, about those bands over there at the time. They were probably, I guess they were about 10 or 20 years behind us, but that suited me just fine. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> so I got a drum set and started playing in some bands over there. And, uh, at, you know, for some reason, it seems like a lot of drummers end up being sound guys. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, uh, no, I have not noticed that. <laughs> they do. For some reason, <laughs> it's just the, the drummers, and they, for, everybody thinks the drummer's got an extra hand or something, and he ends up running sound from the stage for the band when they start out. And uh, yeah, a lot of bands I've run into are like that, where it's always the drummer. Wow. So that was me. And, uh, you know, did that for about 10 years. Uh, traveled around Sweden a little bit with some, uh, well, I did a couple bands, but one of the ones over there was a band called Crossing Oceans. They were a power trio. And I got to tour around Sweden with them, doing sound for them. Man, that was special. All they did every night was play Jimi Hendrix and Stevie Ray Vaughan covers all night long. Wow. wow. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and you got the run of sound. Power Trio, man. I was one of the three of the best guys you could want to play those songs, and I got to mix that stuff nightly. Mm. And that's where I, that's how I got my chops, really, you know, doing that. Yeah, man, that's real cool. That's real cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I was Dude. blessed, you know, being able to do that and being in the right place at the right time. That is so, awesome. So, uh, you know, banged around in Sweden for a while, and then I, I end up moving back here to the States in uh, 98, I guess it was. And uh, Veronica, when she came back here to you know, Sean's mother, she started working at uh, Paul Reed Smith Guitars. And we got hooked up with all kinds of people that, that just opened up plenty of doors for me to do things that I've been doing over in Sweden with sound and just bands and just, you know, I'd run monitors, I'd do anything, anything they need me to do, run lights, do whatever. Right. There's nothing you can't do, you know, it's all, it's not that difficult. Once you know what the faders do, you're there, man, you got it, you got it, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, hooked up with those guys, um, started doing sound, you know, with them a little bit. Um, Wing Krozak, I'm sure Sean's mentioned him. He's one of the artist relation guys there. He had this sound system called the, um, they call it the Space Shuttle, because it's one of the early digital rigs, man. This thing was just like gigantic, man. It was like four giant racks just filled with computers, digital analog converters, you know, just everything to make it happen. But man, it was the early days of digital. You know, Paul Reed Smith, I mean, he's always been ahead of things. He's, he's on the cusp of, you know, everything. So he had it dialed in and Wynn got to run that stuff and I got to work with him. 
And, you know, I got to tell a lot of sound guys, you know, you got to learn, you got to know what you want to hear before you can make, you know, before you can run sound and make it sound good. You got to know what you're looking for. You can sit there and guess all day long and, you know, fumble over this, that, and the other. But if you got a good idea of what you're looking for, it shouldn't be hard to get it to sound that way and, and just get it that way every time you do sound and keep it consistent. And that's why people are like you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, and that's one of the things when I was working with the Beans, but we'll get to that later. So, right. But maybe, uh-huh. I, maybe I should bring up the Beans now, because, I mean, it's kind of getting into things. I was over here doing, you know, sound around on the island with PRS, and uh, had another sound guy call me to do a fill-in for No Green Jelly Beans down in Southern Maryland, and uh, went down, did a fill-in gig for him, and they asked me the next day, like, can you please just run sound for us? You know, forever. <laughs> and I said, well, we'll see, see how it goes. And I did it for about 10 years for those guys. Wow. Traveling around down Southern Maryland. Wow, that's cool, man. That's real yeah, cool. Yeah, man. So um, you're, you're running sound at the jetty, right? Yes, sir. And you and from what Sean tells us, you got to put all the gear in. Yeah, yeah. I put, what happened was when I got the gig at the jetty uh, probably about four or five years ago, they were having a problem with uh, the sound ordinance. They were getting complaints from some of the residents around the area. So I reconfigured the system and aimed it properly so it wouldn't, you know, offend these people as much or and you know nothing at all. Now it seems like we don't get any phone calls anymore, and that's a good thing. We used to get phone calls nightly about you know the, the music and the sound and stuff because it was just the speakers were just not. You know, nobody really put any thought behind where they placed the speakers at the time. Right. So, but I've done a center hang in there now, and we can get pretty loud, and nobody, you know, we don't have to worry about anybody complaining, which is good, man. The people love it. And every weekend, we just got a packed house every night. Nice. Yeah, man. It's 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 a great gig, man. It's a built-in crowd every night, man. We just get so many people in there. It's it's fun, man. People have a really good time. Wow. Yeah, I just I'm never on that side of the bridge, man. Yeah, man. People down your way, man. You, you don't want to go over that bridge. That's that's like an extra fifty miles to your trip. Yeah, <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. That's an overnighter, man. You got to stay somewhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, most of the guys that come over here from down that way, they they definitely make it an overnight trip. We got plenty of good hotels too. Yeah. So, and if you're ever over this way, man, I, I got plenty of room for you guys. You want to hang out, man? I got I got bedrooms, man. You guys are more than welcome. Holy shit, we're that, coming. That, yeah, that's yeah, what's man. up. Anytime. We got a jetty bus that'll bring you back to my house. You have to drive. You got to mouth. Man, it's sold. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You yeah, just sold yeah, it to us. Guaranteed to see a good band, and you know, you'll, you'll have a really, really good time. Oh my god, I want to do that so bad. That's, yeah. that's a yeah. summer promotional thing for sure. Hell yeah. We'll work something out. We appreciate that hospitality, man. Yeah, hey, no problem, man. Like I said, anytime. All right, so check this out. Um, random question number one that Sean, me and Sean were talking earlier, and he said, do you have to ask him about the mopeds in Key West? The mopeds in Key West? Oh, man. They're, that's the best time in the world. I, we, we were, I was down there with the Beans, and they, they were there for a week, and I swear I just rode around that island every day, all day. That's pretty much all I did. It was just the best time, man. Great people. I, I recommend anybody go down there and do that. It's cheap. You know, you just you can run a moped pretty cheap and just just rock around. And yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Kenny or Q from the drummer from the Beans. 
No, just Wes. I just know Wes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Kenny, uh, he had a little adventure with the moped down there. He, he was, uh, <laughs> it was a two o'clock in the morning thing, and there was police involved and stuff. I don't know if I should go there or here, but, you know, <laughs> it was one of those things. <laughs> it's, it's a good time, man. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> All right, so if you're ever in Key West, get the moped. The moped. Get a moped, man, but get the cool moped. I can't remember what it's called. There's one that's kind of low and stretched out, and that's the one you want. You don't want the dorky-looking ones because nobody's going to look at you on those things. All right, that's great. So what is one of your biggest frustrations on a daily basis running sound at the jetty? Is it unruly bands? Man, um, you know, my biggest frustration at the moment is people that don't throw away their trash at the bars. Great Have point. you ever noticed that people will sit their cups just down when they're done, like on the table, and just <laughs> go get another drink and don't throw it in the trash or take it to the bar and give it to the bartender to throw in the trash? They just sit them down. That's my biggest beef at the moment, man, because I got a lot of them. And they kind of like change week to week. It's been a long time. <laughs> so, but yeah, that cup thing. And uh, I, as far as the music thing goes, man, one of our biggest frustrations is just people that don't take into consideration the size of the gig when they're bringing their gear. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, you get guys that go, you know, they, they watch the videos, they see the guys with the two 412s and, you know, the monster cabinets, and they, well, that's what I'm going to do. And then you go out and you do your gig in this corner of some bar somewhere, and you just kill people. You know, it's like, and you wonder why you had a bad gig. It's like, because you didn't just, you just got to think about that a little bit and think about, okay, I need to make this so I can sound good, but not rip everybody's head off that's 10 feet in front of me. Right, because that's pretty much where they're going to hang out. Yep. You know, they're not. It's not Merryweather where people are, you know, 100 feet away from me and just relying on what's coming out of speakers. No, they're hearing everything right there. Mm. And then every vocal mic you got on stage is practically an overhead mic because they're all so close. Right. So you know, it's a struggle, man. It's a struggle getting these bands to understand that. They always think I'm trying to just dog them, man, just telling you know that they're no good or you know, you're not. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to help. I just want to, you know, be able to sound good and be able to hear everybody and everybody be heard, you know? Right. Well, I thought you were going to say it's that, that guitar player in the band that tries to audition while you're doing a sound check. And that just Man. <laughs> I, you know, and the guys that try to learn songs when they get there and setting up, and then they decide what's what we're going to learn these three songs we haven't practiced. Oh, no. And the whole uh, bar's got to listen to them going through learning it. And then they're going to hear them play it, you know, trying to first set too. And then they wonder why people are walking out. Oh, my <laughs> yeah, God. I do get those. And I usually tell them pretty straight up, you know. You get, you get five, ten minutes to noodle. But once it turns into 15 minutes, man, you know, it's like, come on, guys. Figure out what you got to do and let's get ready to get the show started. I got you. Right. If you ain't, if you yeah, ain't got yeah, it together, I'll, I'll don't straight do it. up, man. You know, I, I, I've been around long enough. <laughs> and they usually listen to me. I, mean, I get a couple bands coming in that you know, aren't really familiar with me or the venue, and and you know they'll have a difficult time with me and understanding where I'm coming from. But we usually get through it by the other night. We're good friends, and we're having a drink. Yeah, you're in a you're in a very tough spot. Uh, <laughs> you know, because there are people who will give you a lot of uh, stubbornness. That's oh, a, yeah. that's that's a good yeah. good term for what I really want to say. Um, yeah, 
And I, I, you see guys that have been doing it for 20 years, and they've still been doing it wrong for 20 years. Right. They don't want to listen to anything that anyone's got to say. Right. But right. if you know that room and you know it well, yeah, yeah, I, I you do. need to I, I listen see it quite often. And I, sometimes I see it on the repeat basis, you know, <laughs> to show up again and again and again. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk about it again and I'll just remember, oh, yeah, that's right. You, you don't want to listen. And that's right. We'll get through the day. And that's a that's a that's a product of them. That's not on you. That's on them. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Yeah, I definitely know that. So I mean, I'll just try. You know, because I I've, I have. I've, there's been bad. I, I, there's been bands that have come through the journey that I've worked with a lot over the years that have just gotten better and better and better. And it's been because a little input from me, other sound guys down the road, telling one thing or another. And finally, they come through. They're just polished, man. There's no. There's nothing wrong. It's all right. Yeah, that's only because they've had the input from all these other sound guys that tell them what they need to do. Right. Well, I got a question. Has a band ever come into you at your time ever doing sound going, hey, man, we're kind of unsure about this. Can you help us out? Can you make us right? Has that ever happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's happened. Especially nowadays when guys are getting their in-ear racks together and traveling around. Within ears instead of using monitors, uh, you know, they definitely allow them to use help, and they'll ask, and I'll definitely help them out as you know, best I can. I got so, you. Uh, so, yeah, no problem with that at all. I got you. You're you're, rather, you're willing to deal with people as long as they're upfront and honest about yeah. what the problem is, instead of trying to big time you and then, you know right. that whole mess. That's right. Yeah, because that's the way I'm coming at them. You know, it's just, it's like, hey, we're in this together. <laughs> you right. Know? If it sounds like crap out front, people are gonna come to me and be like, "Why does it sound like crap?" That's gonna be my fault, regardless. <laughs> so. <laughs> there, there, there used to be a guy that um, back in the early 2000s that would run Sound Northern Virginia for us back in the day. We run into him at a few bars here and there, and he always said this. He goes, "It's your job to play good." My job to make you sound good, and everyone's job to make sure everyone has a good time. Yep. And um, yep. that stayed with me my whole life. And yep, exactly. when he explained it that way, I went, I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, we're all there for the same purpose, man. We want to make people drink a lot and have a good time. Yep, and it, it just yeah. works out great. I mean, everyone does their job. Yeah. And yep. everyone has a good time. And that's the thing about the Jetty. They know I'm going to do my job, so it's just up to the bands to come in and do their job, and we'll have a great night. You know, that's 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 the relationship I have with them. They they, they got that trust in me. Yep. So what kind of uh, what kind of board do you got there? What what kind of rig is the Jetty got, man? You want to geek us out real quick with that? Man, we're just running a Behringer X32 board. You know, bottom line digital, but it definitely man, it's it's a workhorse, man. We've had it in there for about five years. This thing just keeps on ticking. And I use an iPad with it, and I travel around the room, and I can go outside because I have all my system tapped in for surround. So I have speakers on the beach that'll play the music from the band. I have speakers on the pier that'll play music from the band. And I can go out and adjust those individually with my iPad while the band's playing. Wow. So that's neat, man. You know, we were when we were analog before, you didn't have the power. You could do it, but it was a lot more work. Nah, man, that is yeah. so cool that you can do that now, man. 
It's yeah, all yeah. about routing signals. You can regulate each section in different quadrants like that. And yeah, yeah. I, I have a multi-zone sound system installed there, so I just feed that from the board, and I can distribute it to all the different areas all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, Mike. It's kind of getting me a little excited, man. <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's cool. I'll be man. Really is. Every time I walk in there, I look around. I'm like. Yeah, man, I did this. It's nice, man. It works really good. You know? <laughs> yeah. I see people you know, at night when I see people dance, when the band's playing in the bar, but I can see people dancing on the beach. That wow. makes me happy. Yeah, right? exactly. They're far away from the band, but they can still hear the music and they're still jamming, but I'm not disturbing the neighbors. <laughs> so wow. that's great. Deli- delicate balance that you have got figured out, my friend. Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. That's what you got to do, too. <laughs> that's so yeah. legit, man. That's so legit. Yeah, and then everything else, you know, it's, it's just that board, and I uh, got some EV speakers up in the ceiling. I got a little center hang, so the room's mono. Not a big stereo guy for live sound. I've always felt like the only people that could really appreciate are the people in the middle of the room. Anybody that's on the left side is kind of missing out on what's coming out of the right side, vice oh, versa, yeah. because it's all panned one side or the other. Good I like point. to keep everything just kind of centered so everybody gets the same stuff in their head. Good point, man. What do you What do you like for subs? What do you like for the uh, What's for that? The, what do you like for the low end? What do you like? Uh, we, I just I'm running so since the room is kind of, kind of tiny, I just got some Mackie old 1801s, man, that I've been using for years, and these things just keep on kicking. They're, they're, they'll, they'll, they'll shake the room more than I can. I'll get complaints to a point. So I got, you know, <laughs> I got plenty of headroom, and they just—they really do pump. They're dependable. Yeah, they, yeah, they've been—they've been tanks, man. I, I've never had any problem. I got knock on wood somewhere around here. I had a problem this weekend, then. Okay. But yeah, I've had them around for a long time, and they do a really good job. Great. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate yeah. that. That's cool, dude. Well, dude. We only got we got one question left for you, man. You've been a pro tonight, and this has been real cool. And I think a lot of guys that are listening have got a really good feel for how to deal with live sound and what to expect coming to a gig. So oh, cool, man. Glad so, to help. Yeah, man, and we look forward to having you back on again in the future too. And then we can hear about your adventures. It'll be full sure. circle. It'll be <laughs> awesome. But yeah, man. But what we all want to know is. What's your best gig, worst gig? And you can answer in any order you want, but you got to answer both. And I'll even throw this caveat in there: if you got a uh, a story about doing live sound that was bad and you want to share it, or or playing music yourself bad, it's up to you. You pick out which ones you want to talk about. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, as far as uh, my best gigs, I mean, aside from what I have right now, the Jetty, which is obviously one of the best gigs I think I've pretty much had my whole life. Um. PRS PRS has an experience every year. Uh, in June, they'll they'll close the back parking lot. They'll put a tent up. They'll put in a stage, and they'll put in a big sound system, and just call in all their uh, artists that play PRS guitars and get them to come in and play for this concert for all the people that are members of this uh, was it a PRS signature club. And these these are these exclusive people that own all these high dollar PRS guitars, and they're the ones that are spending the serious money on these guitars and they'll come in there and they get a free concert with some of you know the top acts well you know some of them have been around for a while like I worked with Carlos Santana 
that was one get, one show where I was running monitors and I had to run monitors for Carlos Santana. Wow. That's a cool gig, man. Yeah, <laughs> that is a cool say, gig. Man. I was in awe. I'm just sitting there like kind of in the back of my head. I'm like, I'm listening to what he wants, but at the same time, I'm like, Carlos Santana's telling me what he wants in his monitor. Nice. <laughs> this is blowing my mind. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, man. And then uh, at, you know, that same year, they had... Um, uh, Mark Tremonti and Miles Kennedy. I think they had just started that. Uh, I don't know what's the new band he's got now. I can't. The name's slipping my mind right now. But it's Alter Bridge. They they had just started Alter Bridge and they were there playing. You know, and I was buddy buddying around with with Mark Tremonti and you know Miles Kennedy and Buddy Guy was there. Wow. And these these just be like just you know it's just and it was just one after another artist. Mm. And that's just a surreal moment when you get to do things like that for people like that. You, you, know, you never thought you'd be in that situation. So, And Sean got to do that, too. He got to run lights for that show, and he got to meet all those guys, too, man. He's, he's, he's had a blessed life, man. He's definitely, you know, he's, he's, he's gotten the golden golden ticket to a few things. <laughs> right, right. We, we love that kid, man. We yeah. really do, yeah, man. man. Yeah, I do, too, man. He's a good kid. He's, I get a lot of compliments. I know. I hope... Good. I hope he's not listening right now, but we all think he's great. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm really glad to hear that. Oh, yeah, man. It's cool having so, him part of this show. So you want to know about the worst gig? Yeah, man. Oh, of I'm course we do. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Well, look, there's, I had two of them on. I couldn't figure out which was the worst but because there's a venue down your guy's way where water comes out of the electric outlets. Yeah, man, I, we got to the venue and like I, it was pouring down rain and I went to plug in some stuff and it was just streaming water out of this electric box where nope. you know, I was supposed to get power from. Nope. And it, it, it did that the first time we were there. It did that the second time we were there. The third, it, it would, because this venue, it was an outdoor venue and it rained a lot. And yeah, man, every time it rained, just water poured out of the power. The power never shut off. The power worked. Oh, but water man. just poured out of the outlet like it was nobody's business. That was pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would have. There. No, there's no way. I I've been no, out. No. I'm gone. Done. Yeah, I the thought crossed my mind, but at the same time, you know, it's like, well, let's just try to get through this like we do everything else, man. You know, sometimes. There were a lot of times with the beans where I'd be setting up my gear and these rain clouds be rolling in. I'm out there just, you know, bearing everything. Everything's just out there. And I'm like, you know, just, oh, please don't rain on my stuff. Please don't rain <laughs> on my stuff. <laughs> and usually, you know, I got lucky. I, I never really had any bad damage from rain. We, we usually got pretty lucky. That's great, man. Good deal. So, and I did have a, another worst gig where I had the... Uh, we did a show with the Beans in Baltimore one time, and this was, I think the bar at the time was called the Sports Connection. I don't know how familiar you guys are with Baltimore, but it was a bar that was around the convention center up there at Pratt Street. Okay. And I got there, and the guy said, we're going to have the band on the third floor. And I said, oh, man. He's like, I said, where's the elevator? He's like, we don't exactly. have an elevator. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. And I said, well, where's the steps? And he takes me to these steps. And yeah. I'm not kidding. These steps were built in 1776. Mm. These things were like, no no step was the same, you know, width as the other step. They were different depths <laughs> and everything. And he wanted me to go up three flights of steps with all my PA gear to play this big room in the third floor. And... uh 
yeah, Sean got a phone call, and he ended up having to bring, like, I think he brought two or three of his friends, and we just had those guys come and carry everything upstairs for us and then come back later on and carry everything back down. Oh, and that boy. Was, that was the worst looting ever. I mean, I would never go back. The bar is closed now, so I don't have to worry about that. Well, that's just... That's ridiculous, man. The fact that someone expected you just to do it, man, it's like, man, you just don't realize it's a lot. It's heavy. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, we did it. We got it done. I don't think there was anybody at that gig either. I think we played to, like, five people. Uh, so, yeah, man, it was one of those, you know, that happens, too. It took more than that to get the equipment loaded in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, even the Beans have had bad shows. Well, yeah, it happens, it happens to everybody. <laughs> it happens, man. It's, uh, tell you all about. it's hard to get people to go to the Pratt Street. I'm telling you, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to Pratt Street. Well, nowadays, nobody's going to Pratt Street. This was when the days when you probably thought about it. Right, right. Uh, we might go, yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah, right, right. Now it's a straight up, no, 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 I'm not going up there. Were you crazy? <laughs> I'm not even going to Baltimore. <laughs> right, right, I'm out. Right. I'm out. I'll yeah, drive man. through it to get to Fells Point, but I ain't stopping. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fucking awesome, Mike, man. You are, you are an awesome dude, man. Oh, man, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Man, uh-huh, guys sorry. are awesome, too, man. Like I said, I love listening to you guys. Perfect, dude. Well, we loved having you on tonight, dude, and and we're definitely gonna reach out back out to T and have you on in the future again. Okay, man. I look forward to it. Perfect. Hell man. yeah! And then we're gonna pop out to the, uh, I oh, guess, what do you call it? The shore. The we're jetty, gonna go out man. to the shore. Yeah, man. Yeah, the man. Eastern Shore. Once you get over here, man, every, your whole outlook changes, man. You get relaxed. Man. We're it's doing just, it. Yeah. We're gonna do it. We're gonna document it, man. Yeah, man. We'll yeah, to, man. We'll yeah, do that, man. Up. Well, some of it, not all of it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to, I want the ability to look at this footage before anything gets shared. That's all I ask. That's what we do. Here. <laughs> You're good. You're right. good. Good deal, dude. Awesome, man. We'll, we'll get with you soon, man. All right. Okay, guys. Take care, man. All right, brother from the Guitar Gurus. We say good night and thank you. Good night, guys. All right, man. Peace. Good night. See you. Peace. Awesome, man. I know, man. Dude, I, Mike, I've never met you, but I feel like I have, and I feel like I've known you. Yeah, dude, that was real cool. How cool was that, man? And that could go on for whatever, you know. You really could, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> That's, That's crazy, awesome. Dude. And during his whole interview, Unknown to people listening now, but the the light bulb in my ceiling fan just went out. Yeah, it's been dark in here for about fifteen minutes. Uh, uh, this whole interview was has been done in the dark. Yeah, it was cool. Just which is a nice. It's a nice ambiance in the room here. Right. But it, when it went out, I was like, oh my god! I was waiting for these monitors to go out, and nothing else went out. Just the light. <laughs> so uh, Dan just handed me the. Uh, the two for Tuesday list, and we're in the dark here. Yeah, I was going to see if you could pull that off with your phone with the flashlight. I, I bet you I can do this without it. Oh, dude, well, here's the marker. See if you can squeeze her in. Dude, it's this week's two for Tuesdays with Dan Albin. Dan Holy Albin. smokes. In the dark. We're yeah. doing this in the dark. Yeah, two for Tuesdays in the dark. Oh, my God. And I'm watching the thing. I only have so much time. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Two for Tuesday shout-outs brought to you by the Guitar Gurus. Sponsorships available. All right, here we go. We've got Jesse Adams, Jerome Malsack, Trish Galliano, J.C. Moore, 
Vinny Barbarino, Loretta Sashel, I hope I said that right, David Higgins, Mark Lambert, Rick Curl, Bob Richards, Brent Robbins, Tiffany Harris, Jay Shade, John David, and John Lusky. Those are your two for Tuesday shout outs from the Guitar Gurus. Thank you for liking. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting. We love it. That was fantastic. I'm excited, man. I love this part. When you're under the pressure. Without these people, we're not here, man. I know, man. The community is involved, man. And it's beautiful. I love it to death. (laughs) So thank you all for liking and sharing. I love calling these names out. I I wish it was 100 names long. Right. We're going to get there one day for you, bud. (laughs) We are. So we're coming up on the break. So what's going to happen is is we're going to take this break. We'll come back. Then we're going to do the Island Music Guitar of the Week. And then we'll get my buddy Jesse Zaretti on the phone. Let's do it. Finally get his interview documented. He's locked in. I've been talking to him during the breaks. He's ready to rock and roll. So it's going to be real cool. All right. Cool. Cool. We'll see if we can get the lights back on after during the break. Oh man, I hope I have a replacement ball. But, I really do. <laughs> but we shall see, man. I don't know, man. I hope so because it's a special type. It's not a regular one. I do know that. Yeah, yeah. But we'll find out. But we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. It's Guitar Gurus with Dan and Dan. You're tuned in to the Southern Maryland Guitar Guru Show. The only show that Chuck Norris is afraid to be a guest on. We see each other through different eyes. We're back from break and we're coming down the home stretch of the extended edition tonight, man. What's going on, Albert? <laughs> the extended edition. Dude, we haven't had a... Uh, in addition, like this, in quite a few episodes, it's been a couple months. It has. Uh, this it's is fun. A, it. It is. It really is. I, I'm. I'm digging it, man. I'm dig. Me too. So, what we got to do real quick? One last little bit of housekeeping, then we'll get our last featured guest on. All right. But we're gonna talk about the Island Music Guitar of the Week, and this week was a treat, dude. A serious up treat, and I want to say special thanks to Island Music for putting together this week's Guitar of the Week. And, of course, I'm talking about is the EVH Stripe Series Shark model. It was a deep burgundy red with silver stripes, dude. And let me just tell you, that's one fine playing guitar, man. Mm. God, it was cool. Man, this guitar is a tribute to the EVH Sharks. All right? The EVH Stripe Series Shark is a tribute, although not quite a recreation of one of Eddie's guitars from back in the day. So it's a kind of a tribute to his guitar. Right, so that right. has a modern twist to it, okay? It benefited from a comfortable maple neck and a flash plane compound radius fingerboard. It has a brass nut and chrome-plated solid brass harmonic bridge. That whole bridge thing, man. Did you see the pictures? Oh, yeah, I, I did. So, dude, it's just insane. It was awesome. It just played perfect. And it's made in Korea. It's a Korean-made guitar, and they only made 250 of them. Wow. And the number that was here in the studio... Was 105. Nice. That's what the box said. Okay. It was cool. Well-made guitar, man. Well-made guitar. 
Uh, when fans dive into the history of Eddie Van Halen's guitars, they generally gravitate towards the iconic Frankenstrat. But just as important to Van Halen's history as Eddie's o- often overlooked Ibanez Destroyer, which he later dubbed the Shark. The guitar historians here, it's here find it puzzling that the guitar is so frequently disregarded. It was all over Van Halen's 78 self-titled debut album. Yeah. In fact, since he preferred the shark's heavier tone, Eddie allegedly reached for it anytime he didn't need a whammy bar. So if he was playing guitar and he didn't need a whammy bar, he was playing that guitar. Wow. So I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't either. That total transparency. I love Van Halen; they're a great band, but I'm not a, a, a sicko fan, Van Halen guy. So I didn't dive deep. You know, I don't right. know all the nuances, and I'll be the first one to tell you that <laughs> it's cool and everything. But that wasn't my deal. <laughs> I was in the Metallica, Megadeth, Exodus deal. <laughs> right, but exactly. I still appreciated what I, you know, what it was. So having this thing, man, was really cool. And I felt honored to have it. Got to play with it all weekend to talk about it. And so here's the features. Let me just go over the features with you. So oh, you yeah. Up. Um, so it was inspired by Eddie Van Halen's modded Ibanez Destroyer. It's a spot-on custom duplicate of Eddie's original. Cosmetic duplicate. So I guess whatever the striping was. It's an ash body with dual EVH pickups, and they deliver resonant tone, sustain, and crunch. Comfortable maple neck enhances the guitar's snap and sustain. It's flask plain compound radius fingerboard. Brass nut, and there it is. The chrome-plated solid brass harmonica bridge enhance sustain, because it's not a normal bridge. It's like this whole deal. Right. It's really cool, really cool. And it's got rock solid EVH custom um, go to SG381 tuners. Never went out of tune, dude. Never went out of tune. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Never went out of tune. Mm. Dude, it was just a cool guitar and one of those things like, and when I took it back on Monday, they said they got three of the 250 in. So they got three of them there. Wow. So I implore everybody, go check it out and grab one before they're gone because that's it. It's yeah. a one run. Yeah, go in there and ask for number 105. That's the one you're looking at right now in the video. Yep. And, dude, that's the guitar of the week, man. That's I awesome, mean, man. You should have came over. I, I, you know. Right. This crazy weekend. I know, I know. It was Mother's Day. Well, yeah, there's all kinds of things. I know, I know, I know. Dude, but it was one of those guitars that you have that you had to, yeah, to get ready to play, you know? Yeah, I, I I would love just once to try one of these things out. Well, you just got to come over one weekend. I know, I know. Trust me, I get it. I understand what's going down. You're already here once a week. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm already here once and, a week. Anymore, I might be charging <laughs> your room and board. Hey, that's why I don't come over more than that. Uh, <laughs> well, see, yeah. Can't afford to pay rent here. Right, right, right. <laughs> but anyway, dude, back on point. The Guitar of the Week. Go to Island Music. Walk inside. Ask to see the Guitar Guru's Guitar of the Week. They're going to show you this fine Shark yeah. EVH model. 
Why supplies last. <laughs> While supplies last. That's that's what's up. So you need to get there and get one. It's get, well worth it. it. I'm sure it is. And uh, what was the what was the fretboard on it? Do you remember? No, or? I don't. I got too many fretboards in my head. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Sissy Rosewood. I, th- I threw you a curveball. I put my paperwork away. <laughs> I but bet you it was Rosewood. It was Rosewood, yeah. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Come on, man. Why are you doing that to me? I'm <laughs> just keeping you on point, man. I know. I all had my paperwork put away. Everything was ready to rock and roll. <laughs> I love it, dude. You're keeping me on my toes. It's good stuff. Got to. Got to. It's good stuff. Well, dude, I think we need to get the Ollie's Bar and Grill soundstage phone system cranking one more time. And we'll get our buddy Jesse Zaretti on. Get him rescheduled back on. Because he was supposed to be on a couple weeks ago. Yep. That's why we're here tonight. Let's let's, do it. Let's get it going. Give me some soothing tones. This is the extended version of episode 26. Jesse's ready. Coming up on the Guru Show. Here we go, dude. It's ringing. We're trying to go out west. We're going to Colorado. Yeah. Rocky Mountain. Hey, Jesse. It's Dan from the Guitar Gurus. You want to go on the air? Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. We're here in the studio. I got the mic hot. Um, Dan Alban, my co-host, is here. Dan, say hi to Jesse. Jesse, good evening to you. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Hey, How are you guys man. doing? We're doing great, man. We want to say thank you first and foremost for spending time with us this evening. It's my absolute pleasure. And thanks for having me on. Thanks for thinking of me for this. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. We appreciate it. So. Perfect, man. Well... Every time we have a brand new guest on, we always like to give give them the first opening moments to go over their background. And you got a pretty unique one, so I'm going to turn the mic over to you and just bring everybody up to speed on you play guitar, you're in a band, you work for you do post production stuff, so just give us that brief background so we know who you are. Oh, uh, well, uh I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I traveled quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague and had a pretty good time during that. And I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times. I'm just kidding. Sorry, I, I, I had to quote Beetlejuice at you guys over that one. No, I love Beetlejuice. Um, yeah. Just don't say it two more times. Yeah, so. yeah, don't say it three times in a row. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> okay, cool. So, um, all right. So, uh, I started playing guitar at age 16. Um, I'm 33 years old uh, now, so I've been playing for just about half my life. Um, I, I think I dove into music in a much more um, unorthodox way. I, I wasn't really like trying to learn Nirvana songs, even though you know, like I thought Nirvana was cool. I wasn't like, oh, I really want to be a guitar player like Nirvana. I, I think I was reaching much higher than maybe I should have been at the time. Um, I mean, I don't know, like, how, how you guys went about, like, first picking up an instrument, but, like, generally, it's kind of like you start with humble beginnings, and I think, like, I, I was just an overachiever, so I wanted to learn how to play uh, the Dillinger's Gay Plans Mullet Burden, because I was exposed to their music and was completely horrified by the sound of what I was hearing, so um, I decided to try and learn it, um, not really knowing what the heck I was doing. I, I would go to a Sam Ash in Tampa, where I was living at the time, and Ask the guys like, "Hey, how are they doing this? How are, how how do they play this? How do they do that?" And then, uh, yeah, I just you know really tried desperately to try and figure out what they were doing. And I think it was kind of like 
you want to learn how to play hockey, well, I went out and I bought, like, all the hockey equipment and then decided to try out for varsity hockey when I was, like, in third grade. You know, it was, like, completely out of my league. So, um, (laughs) so that was, like, my my introduction to the instrument that kind of got me into everything. And really the reason why I chose guitar was because a friend loaned me um, a guitar that had three strings on it. And uh, my mom was not letting me have drums, which is what I really wanted to do. And I still kind of like wish I was a drummer to a certain degree. Um, but anyway, I, I, uh, I moved to New Jersey when I was 16 years old in 2002. And then uh, come 2004, I started the band that I'm still in, which is either Pathetic or Valiant, I don't know. Um, but so yeah, here we are all these years later, uh, 15 years later, we're still a band. We're still putting out music. And we still do everything as, as one would. And I started the band and it kind of raised me, you know, kind of like a parent because I, with my circumstance, I was kind of in charge of myself, even though I had the rules of like a typical teenager, I was still kind of in charge of myself. And being a part of the music community in New Jersey at that age kind of raised me as, as an individual and I got, kind of got into all different styles of music and stuff. And then... You know, I've just I've recorded a whole lot. Uh, I've engineered some of our stuff. I've been engineering pre-production for us since 2004, and um, it just you know one thing led to another, and now I'm doing stuff with uh, you know some pretty cool projects. Uh, you know, I've done stuff with Marvel Entertainment. Uh, I have a pretty busy schedule for that, and uh, doing a lot of stuff for them for this year. And I've done a lot of stuff previously with them, and then uh, you know composing for other projects. Um, I really wish I could kind of touch on some of the cool stuff that's coming up, but I'm in a NDA, which is a non-disclosure, so I'm, I'm not really allowed to talk about it until it's actually released, but I'm really excited about some of the stuff that I'm working on, and we have an album coming out, Binary Code has an album coming out, um, and I, well, you know what, I'm going to say a month, and then it's going to change, so like, I'm like, I'm hoping it'll be September, but then I say that, then it'll be December, and then December it'll be next year, and that's kind of the way we roll, so... Um, but yeah, that's that's my background, you know? It's been a lot of just being fascinated and obsessive with music and never giving up what I'm doing. And uh, I'm still that person, and I'm, it's probably not going to stop unless my battery clocks out on me, so... But yeah, I don't know, like, what, what about you guys? Did you guys jump into guitar kind of, like, head first like that? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy <laughs> you bring up the Nirvana thing. We're, we're just a couple years older than you, and we actually lived when Nirvana was new, and that's what inspired uh, and that's what inspired us to play. Now I got a. Uh, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> right, right, dude. I um I have one of those uh, relic uh, Fender Jaguars that Fender did in two, the early 2010s. I got one of those because it meant that much, you know. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, so we were there, dude. I, he's a wicked guitar player. There's no denying that he's a great guitar player. His right. riffs are unbelievable. Really cool. So, it check it check this out, dude. We, I used to skateboard, so and we used to get uh, subscriptions of Thrasher magazine back in the eighties. Oh yeah. We actually got Bleach as one of the gifts as sending in for a subscription, so we got exposed like that. Oh, that's that. a great marketing tactic. Wow. Yeah, dude, that was back in the days, man. You actually waited on the mail to bring you stuff. <laughs> ah. uh, oh man, magazines used to be something else back in those days. You know, even you know, up until probably like what five, six years ago, it was like, yeah, I couldn't wait for the new guitar world. I couldn't wait for the new revolver and you know, 
Terrorizer magazine, all that stuff, and now it's kind of like, oh, I can't wait for somebody to post on Instagram with something interesting. But that was yeah. a different time, man. I, I, I don't envy these young kids who don't have that physical thing to look forward to, you know? Right. I just don't know how they do it, man, because I love a good magazine, man. I love the industry uh, mags, man. That's what I get excited for now. It's like all the all the music in my magazines. They always come out for all the retailers. That's dude, what I read. Think about, absolutely, absolutely. Think about the, um, how many times you, you look forward to an issue of a magazine because it had just the right song with the tab in it. Right. You're like, dude, yep. this month has the tab for insert your song here, but... It would get you excited, and you would spend like weeks just doing the tab. Oh, I learned this part, man! And you'd show off for your friends, like, "Oh, how'd you do that? I read the magazine." Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, for you, you know, like with, with skateboarding too, it was kind of like I learned how to do a, you know, a kickflip or something, and it's like, yeah, dude, I learned how to play, you know, Arch Enemies, Ravenous, or so whatever it is that would be in there, and you're like, yeah, check it out, dude, and then. You know, your friend who doesn't care about what about your instrument looks at you like, wow, that's real cool. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's yep. great. That's uh, fun. <laughs> you, know what, you know what's funny about magazines, actually, is one of the main reasons I got into guitar in the, in the beginning was because of, you know, bands like Between the Buried and Me and um, Darkest Hour. These are all, and Dillinger's Escape Plan. These are all bands that were, you know, just kind of emerging at the time that I was, well, not emerging, but um, like Between the Buried and Me might have been emerging in 2002. Um, but the band Sick, who I feel like has had a very dominant effect on the gen genre, uh, like periphery and fill in the blank. I feel like they were a huge pioneer for them. And I found out about them through a magazine from the United Kingdom called Rock Sound Magazine. And they were one of the sample CD artists. And I got into them and it changed everything for me. So if it wasn't for magazines that come with CDs, I, you know what? I, I might have actually, honestly, like, I was a total turd when I was a teenager. I might have just taken the CD and not bought the magazine. It's very possible. But wow. that was a huge turning point for me. Uh. Wow. Hey, you know, it's un, un, just to get off track for a second, um, <laughs> when I ran the guitar shop here locally, we had a, um, I had Misha to the store for a guitar clinic, man. What a treat that was. He's an animal. I love him so much. As a person and as a musician, he's just such a unique and refreshing take on yesteryear's guitar wizard you know like you think back to what that guy would have been in the 80s and that guy would have dismissed every fan he had and reveal no secrets and you got misha who's like a super good down-to-earth guy who's a good human being and he wants to educate people and he wants to help people take different approaches to music and he's he's an open book and He's down to earth. He communicates with fans, and he's a human being. And it's he's he's amazing. I, I know he's he's originally from that area, so that's that's really cool that he did that. He's a good dude. Yeah. We we talk from time to time, and every time I talk to him, it's it's always a pleasure. Yeah, dude. Uh, we actually after it, all the clinic was said and done, we went all and had dinner. Man, it was real cool. Real cool. Oh, I love that. What 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 was the name of the store that you owned? Hot, well, I, I managed it. I was the manager. Was, oh, you were the manager. Okay, yeah, sorry. I, it was, I misunderstood. It was, called Hot, it was called Hot Licks Guitar Shop. It was in Southern Maryland. Oh, cool. <laughs> right, exactly. It was started was in the Was it Licks with three <laughs> X's? <laughs> no, 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 dude. dude. That would have never flown down there. <laughs> Good call, man. <laughs> but that, that, that was a fun couple of years, man. I loved that job. That was good stuff. Uh, dude, I know, man. Music retail, you know, it might not be the most lucrative position for a creative, 
but it is definitely one hell of a place to learn about yourself and learn about the stuff that you're passionate about because you meet some of the weirdest people and you meet some of the best people you'll ever meet working in a place like that. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> you got that you got that one guy who's like a regular who like never buys anything and then he craps on all the guitars that you carry and then he talks about the guitar that he bought from somewhere else. Yep. Guilty. That's the guy. Yeah, what? that's me. Oh, there no, you're not. No, I was, <laughs> man. I was the regular guy who never bought shit. Well, you bought strings. <laughs> but, hey, you know, the, the, the best I part... I bought strings for a guitar I bought somewhere else. But, hey... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very typical, though. I mean, what are you supposed to do? You don't need to have a loyalty to, you know, to one particular business. What kind of what kind of musician or creative would somebody be if, like, they only bought their, their tools from one place? You're never going to be able to experiment with, with what you're capable of doing if you do it that way. So I, I don't blame you, man. Get what you need, and if they don't have it, you buy it where you need to. But my, my best thing, this was my thing. A guy would come in and ask to see a guitar, and he'd be like, I'd be like, nah, I don't have that, but I can get it for you if you really want it. He'd be like, no, I have one. I just wanted to see if you had one. Oh, that's uh, ridiculous. I know, it's so tough. You're like, I, I was really hoping yeah. you guys would have it right now because I'm an impulse buyer and you would have had a sale, but if you're going to make me wait, I might as well just, you know, look online or buy it used or something. It's it's real tough. You can't you can't please everybody, you know? <laughs> no, that's you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Did I, dude, we could spend hours on that. Of course we could. We'll have to oh, do a course, re- yeah, retail absolutely. episode. So, dude, what are your biggest frustrations in the industry? I always like asking that when people come on, just to hear everybody's take on what problems come up for everybody. So, what's your frustration? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can imagine everybody's got their set of things that bother them. Um, I, and, and honestly, you're talking to the right guy because I do nothing but complain about the industry. Yes. <laughs> so, this is, this is perfect for you guys. Probably bad for your listeners because they're going to be like, all right, dude, like, move, move along. Um, but, you know, I've honestly, what I've done to kind of combat that mentality of, like, having so many gripes with, uh, with we're talking about the music industry, so right. um, I guess the way that I've kind of reduced the impact of how, you know, I'm affected by the industry is I've invested so much less of my personal stock into it, knowing how it is, you know, and um, one of the things that kind of is difficult about being um, in a band, you know, especially a band that's getting like a little bit of attention and you might have some label talk and stuff like that. The, the bad part is, is people treat you kind of like, um, like it's dating, you know, or something. And it's like, oh, you know, I'm dating like six different people right now. And each one of them thinks that I like them a lot. And then what they do is they actually pick one of the six, six people they're dating. And they're like, that's the one that I'm going to marry. So that's really frustrating when you're a band who's on the edge of your seat all the time, who's kind of like, there's this glimpse of hope and you're just like, oh God, I'm so excited. There's this, you know, this record label's interested and finally like something good's gonna happen and then you find out they find somebody else and you know, if that's happened, I don't know how many times to us and it's not, it's not the end of the world, but at some point you've invested a lot of stock in that and it, and it makes you really frustrated and it makes you resent the individual you're communicating with because you're under the impression that this person, if we go back to the dating metaphor, you're, you're under the impression that this person really likes you and thinks you're super good looking and smart and funny and wonderful and unique and all this stuff. And then you find out like, oh, was, were they just saying that? You know, like, was that just because they needed somebody around at that moment? So that, that's been quite frustrating. But um, like I said, I've just invested less stock in that. I mean, um, it's it would be really great if everybody could just be happy just being accepted for the music that they make instead of worrying so much about 
who's signing them and whether or not they can do all these things that other bands do, but uh, it's just not the way it goes. And that's the industry. Um, I would say that my biggest frustration with the industry that I would really love to see change at some point would be what one of my good friends, um, A.L. Levy, he told me the term for it. It's called the California No. And what that is is when somebody receives an inquiry or you're talking to somebody and you're expecting an answer and they just don't respond. It's like the most passive, you know, yellow-bellied thing I've ever experienced in my life. Like, it's like, why can't you just say you're not interested? Or maybe you could say no, or you could say, you know, thanks, but not not my thing, you know? Like, why, why is it this whole, like, let's just not respond anymore to this person we've been talking to? And um, that's just something that I find to be very frustrating. But I, that also might be like a conditional thing. So I, I don't really know. I mean. It's really tough. I don't. I don't really want to like complain too much about the industry because I'm. I'm just investing so much less stock in it, you know. And um, I mean, if if we were to get down to like a frustration with with the industry or maybe the art, like, is it a concern at all about like what's going wrong with people who are influenced by the industry? Because I think artists are making the worst decisions they could, taking the industry into consideration too much with the music that they're creating, the way that they're branding their band and everything they're doing in terms of handling their creativity when they're trying to follow what has already been successful within the industry, which is, you know, the industry dictates what's successful by signing it and promoting it and marketing it. And then the artists who are seeing that are absorbing that marketing and creativity from those people who are successful and they're trying to replicate it. And I think that's a huge problem too. It's like, you should just be creating from your from the internal part of you instead of worrying too much about perception you know and i think that's a huge issue so i'd probably throw like one third of the complaints i have onto the artists versus the industry i think everybody's equally responsible right i can i can get down with that um the main thing i was looking for is you know like you know people negotiating contracts you know just all that kind of crap you know, in the frustration. There's barely any negotiating these days. So, there are very few bands, the unicorn of bands can negotiate contracts. Everybody else is just happy that you're throwing them a breadcrumb. Wow. Um, Periphery is a good example. Those guys had so many labels interested in them that they could negotiate. They could say like, ah, oh, well, these guys are offering us this. Can you offer that? They were in a position like that. That's not going to happen anymore for, for bands for the most part. It's, there's no, the, negotiating is a very... That's a, you're a very lucky person if you can negotiate. I mean, even getting to the point where a label will give you what they can is kind of like, wow, you're very fortunate. Good for you. You know, isn't that, it's pretty terrible. Wow. That's what the internet has done. Uh, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know who's responsible for that, but clearly the internet has had a massive impact on that. And, uh, I mean, it's also kind of the, the record label's fault, too. You know, it's like, why don't you, like, <clears throat> um, adapt and try and work with the times and be a little bit more uh, flexible with your approach to the artists that you take on. Like, you can't... It, it still blows my mind <clears throat> that a, a record label will look at the statistics of an artist in 2019 and not know that you could Google right now. Somebody listening right now could Google, how do I get more plays on Spotify? How do I get more followers on Instagram? And you could just put the money symbol... And you could essentially buy statistics that will hyperinflate your 
appearance to a record label who's looking at it, and there are people at record labels who are responsible for making these decisions, and they're signing bands based on those numbers that could be potentially fake. And that blows my mind. That's You're talking about... It's almost like politics. Like, this is going to be the person who's responsible for our country. What, what are we doing with our vote right now? Right. Like, this yeah. is the guy who's signing bands and is responsible for the higher-marketed uh, music that you're going to hear in the metal community. And he signed a band because they have 40,000 followers on Instagram and they have 20,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. Meanwhile, you could buy that for $200 or something. You know, that's, it's pretty ridiculous. There's definitely not a good grip on... Um, the compass of what is a good thing to do in music at this point that's definitely a huge loss mm. wow dude that's that's something to digest right there that's dude. a lot to take in wow that's uh, you can almost safely assume that if you see a band who you've never heard of on instagram or spotify or wherever you're seeing it if you're seeing something that seems numerically impressive that there's a possibility that it's fake and, and I hate to be the person who's whistleblowing that and you know take any heat for that and then I've, I've had these discussions I've done an article about this that caught a little bit of attention and um, <clears throat> there are going to be people who say everybody does that or that's what people it's not true that's not what everybody does some people work really hard and put out a good product and um, they try to make their creativity uh, connected to their emotions and have some kind of purpose behind what they're doing and then people enjoy that and then that artist develops a following based on it not everybody is trying to sound like band xyz because they think that that's what's going to get them to the next step that's what's going to get them their their you know w whatever type of paying job you would equate being in a metal band to at this point i mean is there really even like a job out there that you could equate to being in a metal band i mean metal bands make less than zero dollars a lot of the time and right. meanwhile there's this dream of becoming a signed artist thinking that this is going to start giving you that ability to just roll in gold coins in your vault like you know like ducktails or something but you know it's <laughs> i was waiting for that dictating <laughs> things poorly you know i was, I was waiting for that reference <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's i i really don't know what a young person in today's age really thinks what music is going to provide for them other than the fact that, like, listen, people like your music. How often is that that you made something from the top of your head and, like, there's a human being who could be anywhere in the whole world and they connect with what you did? It's like, yeah, it's you don't even get that much that much attention in school. You know, when you're in school and you raise your hand to get in, uh, you know, you they're like, well, what's the answer to this problem? And then you have the right answer. Nobody cares. But if, you know, you're playing music and you record it and then somebody in... Tulsa, Oklahoma is like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Like, this is some of the best stuff I've ever heard. And then that starts to help dictate their path in life. It starts to line their path towards what they're going to do. That's pretty amazing. And that should be the reason why you do what you're doing, not because you want to get signed to blah, blah, blah records. I mean, they're completely irrelevant at this point, unless you're you're talking about, like, a band who's a bigger bank, a record label that's a bigger bank than that, essentially. Right. A bigger loan officer, you know, because <laughs> you could, you're almost better off getting a high-paying job and then, you know, saving money and marketing and getting a PR firm for yourself. And then you can just market your creativity instead of trying to adapt other people's skill set you know exactly jesse that's so funny you say that because every time i meet up with my buddies man i would tell them i said dude you give me two hundred thousand dollars and the five guys that are that agree with anybody i'll get you a band that's all it takes you got to be a, your own your own corporation <laughs> that's all it takes 
your own corporation. You don't need anybody. You just need your own capital. They don't, and that's the main thing. Everybody forgets Well, that. signing to a record label is essentially asking for a loan. You know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. you could just go to a bank. And just get it yourself and just market it yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, actually, if you, if you think about it, a record label is an incredibly derelict and negligent version of a bank. Like, they don't do background checks and credit reports on you when you're in a band. Like, I mean, you're talking about five guys, potentially, who are in a band who, like, four of the five of them live in, like, a camper, for all I know. I don't know what they live in, but it's like you're talking about guys who, who, are, on, who are trying to tour, you know? Like, they don't have... They're, all their expenses and bills are getting put on credit cards if they have them. So it's not like a record label's like, oh, let's see what his uh, credit background is before we give this guy $15,000 to try and put his album out. And then the artist, you know, this group of guys who are just, you know, struggling to survive end up owing these record labels money otherwise they get dropped and then their career ends and then they stop playing music and then they become a janitor at a high school i don't know you know it's like it's such a weird cycle to come from a, a, a bank that essentially doesn't care what your credit is it's almost like a car a car dealership like bad credit we don't care you know? <laughs> we got a plan for you <laughs> yeah exactly Deal, dude. That's awesome. Man. Let's shift gears a little bit. Um, what, what, what's your current guitar, man? What's your favorite guitar right now? Because, dude, your pictures on Instagram are insane. I don't know what you own, what you saw. What is your favorite guitar right now? Oh, uh, well, um, well. To clarify, so a lot of the pictures that I have on my Instagram account are pictures of guitars that belong to either friends of mine who have amazing gear, or I used to work for a musical instrument uh, company as a creative marketing director and I had access to new gear pretty much on the hourly basis and um, I would just take photos and you know if I had some free time I would take some extra pictures for myself you know after hours and stuff and then you know my fr I, I just have like I mean most of my friends are musicians so I have one of my closest friends who's like a brother to me Mike Darren um, check his band out they're called circuit of suns i don't know if their album's out yet but it, it's gonna destroy everybody it's really cool stuff it's like 80 synth wave mixed with like super technical metal and this guy his collection of instruments is awe-inspiring he has vintage synthesizers he's got cool custom prs's and that's probably what you're referring to um <clears throat> he's got like private stock stuff up, up the indian um he's got amazing stuff me, on the other hand, I don't have too much stuff. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a meat and potatoes guy, even though the meat and the potatoes that I have are of the finest quality, in my opinion. But, you know, that's, as Aristides is the guitar that I use, I have a custom-made um, seven-string HSS hum single-single uh, guitar that they made for me, and it's got hip-shot hardware on it, and uh, bare-knuckle juggernaut in the bridge, and then slow-hand single coils in the middle and neck position. Um, that guitar is my, I guess, like, Tony Stark's Iron Man suit that kind of flies and finds him, and then, like, he wears it against, you know, he just, like, presses a button, and he starts wearing it, and then he can start destroying everybody. That's what that guitar is for me. Nice. It's this insane guitar that can sound like blues music, jazz music, death metal, you know, whatever kind of genre of music you want it to sound like effortlessly um so it can become a, you know a strat and then it could also become you know a baby killer guitar and it's amazing and then 
my favorite guitar that I have right now might be my favorite guitar I've ever owned in my life. It's a 1986 Made in Japan Fender Strat. And it sounds absolutely insane. I have never heard a fourth position single coil pickup sound so good in my entire life. It inspires me to pick up guitar. It inspires me to play outside of my boundaries and try to, you know, find new voices for my playing and hear things differently from how I'm playing it. And I've just never been that inspired by a guitar before. It's it's absolutely un, uh, it's unbelievable and it's very unremarkable. It's just a sunburst strat made in Japan in 1986, the year I was born. So, um, <clears throat> so those are those are my guitars. And then I use uh, Positive Grid for amps right now. Um, I got hooked up with them. Um, I would like to say maybe six months ago or so. Um, my buddy uh, over there, he you know hooked me up with the, an artist deal and sent me a really cool uh, the mini guitar amp, which basically fits in the sleeve of my mono bag for my ARC days, and uh, it sounds incredible, and their software sounds great. Um, it's just, it's a really cool sounding amp, and it's great for me because I'm in the middle of moving right now. You know, I'm out in Colorado hanging out waiting for my studio to show up, and I have I have a setup here, so it's, it's pretty neat to have that. Um, and then, um, I think you guys know this, maybe the listeners don't, but I do a lot of composition stuff, so I have a lot of gear that's maybe not so much guitar related. Um, that's probably not super relevant to, to a discussion for, for you guys with this, but if you, do you want me to expand upon that a little bit, or is that maybe a little too outside of the box? It's all your synth gear, right? And all that kind of stuff, right? Electronics? <clears throat> right, yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of that stuff. Right, yeah, we don't have to go touch into that. That's just waves. Yeah, I figured that would bore, uh, you know, a guitar player to tears, but yeah, I, you know, I do a lot of composing and stuff, so there's a lot of gear that maybe... Uh, a guitar player might be bored by it, but uh, yeah, and then um, you know, I have some pedals. I have like a tube screamer and stuff like that. I got a Century noise gate from uh, God, I don't even know who makes that. Maybe MXR or something. Right. Um, but I'm, like I said, it's pretty simple. Meat and potatoes. Uh, it's the, just high quality meat and high quality potatoes. That's all. I dig it, dude. Dude, Jesse, man, you've been so awesome tonight, man. You got so some great information from you. I'm glad that we could reschedule you. I'm glad everything worked out with that. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for that, by the way. I'm so sorry that happened. That was very unexpected. And uh, I, I listened to the podcast that day, and I really appreciate the birthday wishes and the good biddings and everything. I really appreciate that. You guys are great. Awesome. Man. Absolutely, man. Anything, man. Anything at all anything. we can do. So, so this, thank you so much. This is our signature question. Everybody gets this one, so it's, I'm really excited to hear your answer. Um, we call it best gig, worst gig. You can answer in any order you want, but you got to answer both. So, out of all your years of jamming and doing shows, what was your best one and what was your worst one, and why? Uh, okay, <clears throat> so best gig is easy. Um, we played at Club Soda in Montreal which is a venue that I, before YouTube was super popular, I used to watch, you know, DVDs of all different bands and stuff. I used to watch bands, you know, that would be like, you know, live from Club Soda or whatever. Um, that was a place that, like, I, I just never assumed I'd ever play in my life, and we played there uh, with Leprous when we were on tour with them, and uh, aside from it being just one of the best venues that I've ever played in, they ha the fans were unbelievable. Um, music fans in the United States need to start taking notes from people from other countries about their appreciation for music because these people were nuts. 
they were so good to us and so friendly. And then the next night we uh, we got asked to go to the Opeth show from the guys in Leprous. They got guest listed for the whole tour package. And it's right across the street. It's at this place called Metropolis, which I don't think is there anymore. And we saw people from the show that we played and they were all so friendly. And we just hung out and talked and it was like, it was great. It was like a community. So we played well. The crowd loved it, and it was kind of a dream that I never thought would come true, and um, that was an amazing show. And then worst show, my God, man, whew. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how many shows I've played, probably three, 400, but <clears throat> I would say worst show I've ever played. And the only reason I think it was the worst show is because I was being an idiot, I would assume. <laughs> I played a, probably my third show in my whole life back in 2004. Uh-huh. We played a place called the Grand Slam in southern New Jersey. And uh, I ripped the... Um, I used to play an Ibanez S370DX, which is like... I just wanted a guitar to look like Paul Wagner's from Between the Barrier to Me, so I got that one. Right, right. Um, I ripped my strap out of the horn... The, the screw came out. Like, I'm a pretty big guy, but this guitar, you know, clearly was poorly made because I shouldn't have been able to, like, thor, you know, the, the nail out like that, or the screw, rather. Um, so maybe three songs in to playing our set, and uh, I ripped it ripped it out and was just basically holding the guitar against my body, and I just kind of got over it and was like, I'm done with this. And I just threw the guitar maybe 20, 30 feet up in the air and walked away. As it was falling down, it just landed on the ground and I let people take the guitar and I just got over it. But I would say that was probably the worst show just because it was so incredibly uh, impulsive of me to do that. Like, it, it, was, it was a representative of a young version of me who wasn't thinking and then also representative of, like, a person who wasn't respecting its gear. And it just was stupid. And it always is the first thing I think of when I think of doing something dumb and having a bad show because we couldn't play music anymore. You know, it was really dumb. So I think that would be it. I love it, dude. I love the honesty, man. That's good stuff, <laughs> man. A lot of people can't do that, man. So I always comment yeah. when I hear the honesty in it because... I'm the first one to tell you if I make a mistake, there ain't no reason to hide behind it. You gotta grow. So. I think it's much more admirable. You know, wear your faults so you can get better and try and try and be the best person you can be. And you can't do that by ignoring the things that you've done that are either super annoying or embarrassing or whatever. You know, you got, it's it's not necessarily a regret. It's like, oh, I'm so glad I did that because look where I am now. But at the same time, it's like, wow, that was really silly. And I, as an adult, <laughs> like me right now, looking back at that person. I would say, wow, that was really stupid. Got so. it. Dude. That's cool, man. Dude, again, man, you've been a champ tonight. Um, we'll let you get out of here, man. We look forward to having you on in the future again. Um, definitely touch base with you. And I, I, you've been a champ tonight, man. I'd say thank you. Thank you guys so much. And anytime, if you guys ever want to have another discussion, whatever it is, I, I would. I'm happy to be on, and you guys are great. And I'm I'm a listener now, so I'm really glad we all got introduced here. I really appreciate it, and uh, I'm sure your fans are awesome because you know li- listening to stuff like this, you know, you got to be a certain personality, and you know, I I think you got a cool thing going, and I really look forward to seeing you guys grow. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna do well. Thanks, man. Appreciate Dude, that. that that means a lot to us, man. I really appreciate those kind words, and we that the the kind of person listening down here we've got a lot and that's you know yep. it's just so awesome man so 
And it's good that we all have this in common. You know, we all like to nerd out about gear and hear stories. That's that's the, the important thing. There it is. Exactly. Exactly. So, me personally, before I, I let Dan carry this out, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. It, it means a lot to us. And, uh, you know, it's a wealth of knowledge. And I can't wait to get you on here again and just, uh, for lack of a better term, shoot the shit with you, really, is what I want to do. Absolutely. And likewise, <laughs> seriously, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to coming back. All right, Jesse, man, from the Guitar Gurus, man, we say thank you and good night. All right, gang. Good night. Good night. Love it, dude. Jesse's already, dude. All around great guy. Awesome, man. Dude. I'm, I'm glad we. I'm glad that we got him back on so quickly. And dude, we just. I just. I. You know, everybody's stuck. Life happens sometimes. Yeah. You just got to back up and punt. You yeah. back up and punt it, dude. And dude, we got had a great interview with him. Yeah. So if we don't know what would have happened if we would have rushed him. So. Right. Patience paid off. Yeah. There's. It's a different dynamic that that came into play. Damn. And we just ran out of music. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. So, dude, episode 26. It's in the books. It's in the books. We did it. Two hours and 43 minutes, man. So, Whoa. People are going to be checking this thing in and out. So <sighs> that's going to be a long premiere. Yeah. Yeah, but it's all. It's going to be worth it, man. It's good stuff. It's it's one of the longest ones in a, in a long time. Yeah. We're down to nothing. So, hey, let's get out of here while we're ahead of the game. Yep. Because tonight's been awesome, man. I'm just through the moon. Me um, and you both. Buddy. I look forward to going back editing it and getting everything prepared. So, all right. Without further ado, we'll say guitar gurus, Dan and Dan. We'll see y'all <laughs> next week, right? <laughs> next week. Next week. Love you all.